So uh, non-fish eating fisherman. The man who killed Manor F1. And <laughs> don't look at me. You did it, not me. Beautiful man. Felipe Nasser. If you could describe this dinner we had in just one word, what would it be? F***ing awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that, why were you so terrified of that? I don't know. Because like, you took you like five minutes, like, no, I don't want to use it as bad. Yeah. Like, oh, that's, that's a great expression. Okay. Yeah. All right. Keep yeah. it there, you know? Yeah, that'll work. Yeah, yeah we can use that. Well, it's f***ing awesome in uh, Brazilian or Portuguese or oh, whatever you call it. That'll be a lot of words. I think f***ing awesome. Yeah. It's unique. <laughs> All right. Good enough. Good enough. <laughs> And now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder radio. Racers, I am Sean Heckman. And I am Ryan Eversley. And you are listening to the sounds of what turned out to be a 25,000-mile journey Ugh. across these United States of America. We've been meeting up with all kinds of racing heroes. Heroes, if you will. Uh, learning all about their stories as we have lunch and dinner. Stories, if you will. All across this great nation of ours. Great nation of ours, if you will. So uh, one of the names that's become very, very big within the American sports car scene is that of Felipe Nasser. Felipe Nasser, if you're not familiar with the name, is a huge, huge staple of road racing over the last several years. Yeah, champion. Did a ton of stuff uh, in Brazil, which is his native country, to running in British F3. But of course, he is one of the very lucky few that did, in fact, make it to Formula One. Uh, Felipe drove for the Sauber F1 team for a couple of years, uh, and then from there went on to the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Yeah, I believe he's our most modern Formula One driver we've had on the show to date. That is correct, and also a champion. Yeah. The 2019 IMSA Daytona Prototype Champion. And if if we're going to talk about things he's a champion of, he's also a champion of looking just magnificent. He is a beautiful, beautiful man. Yeah, and we definitely covered that as well as a few other topics like racing Formula One cars. His uncle Amir, who is a huge staple of the scene in uh, Sudamerica. And being the guitar guy at the party. The guitar guy at the party. That's right, when you're already beautiful and you don't need the help. Anyway, so uh, we happened to just be in upstate New York, so we went to this uh, kind of fancy but very quaint little joint called The Cellar. That is in the city of Corning, New York. Uh, what did you have, Ryan? Well, very similar to my meal I had with Michael Printup, I was forced by Mr. Felipe Nasir to drink red wine. Right. And so, uh, yeah, I vaguely remember having a delicious steak. I also... Don't do it. What? Don't do what it. What do you think I'm going to do? Uh, you know. I it's, had a chicken... It may have looked like a steak to you, yeah. but it was, in fact, a chicken sandwich. Okay. I definitely exclusively uh, okay. eat chicken sandwiches. Okay. With Felipe Nasser. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know how we got there? I do. How did we get there? We got there in my beautiful Acura MDX A-Spec. Uh-huh. And uh, I remember having zero mechanical problems. Yeah, no, and I think that was because of the uh, the, the amazing oil that we're running through this machine now uh -huh. with Valvoline. Valvoline. Yeah, just fantastic. You got you use the blue one, the low carb? I, uh, I go low carb, high zinc. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, most importantly, above anything else, yeah. were the... The four tires right. that got us. And they were just the best. Right. 
What, which ones was? Those are the uh, the black and round ones. Uh huh. Yeah. They had a there's a they had a name on them. The name on the side of the tire. On the side, yes. Yeah. Help me out. It's uh, 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 it's, it's like sixty R twenty five. Continental. Continental. Yeah. Yeah. We like those guys. Continental. Continental. You do know they pay you. Continental tires. Dance, monkey. You do the thing. Do the thing. Continental tire. Cross contact. Something. We don't do research. And last but not least, hey, thanks, Alio Castroneves, for driving us all the way there. Hey, does this car have Sirius XM? On that note, Felipe Nasser. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. How What's up, man? Good how to meet you. Doing? Yeah, how are hey, you? Nice to see you again. Yeah, for sure. A little delay here, but you guys doing good? Yeah, yeah. all good. Yeah. Nice. If you show up late to an F1 meeting for Williams or Sauber, is I'm there a fine? Yeah, is there well, not a fine really, but you you get some you get someone on you like saying, "Yeah, man, you know, you shouldn't be late." Yeah, and, yeah. But okay. like the FIA meetings were, those were the ones you couldn't sure be delayed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We have some very important questions we want to hit right out of the Sounds gate. Sounds good. Right out of the gate. So, uh, I mean, I guess we got to break down the the the. You know, just you as a human being, are you're beautiful. Okay. Thank you. We want to know if we can sell the Felipe. Actually, how do you pronounce your name? We, we want to know that too. Felipe Nasser. Okay, not okay. Nasir. Nasir. Not Felipe Nasir. 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 Have Nasir. you ever heard your name said? Felipe, uh, Felipe Nasir. Nasir. Oh, I've heard everything, man. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Nasser, yeah. Nasir, Nasir, all kinds of surnames. So if, but it's Felipe if it's on Nasir. a radio broadcast and they say Felipe Nasir, they are wrong. Yes. Okay. Do okay. yes. so you think it's intentionally wrong to sound fancy? You know... It's hard. I get it because if you if you break down the letters N A S R, and depending which letter you pronounce more, it might sound a little different. And every country is going to have a little difference. But I'm you know the, the, if you guys want to know the the proper way is Nasser. It's, it's, it's Nasser. Nasser. Yeah. And that's a is that's a Lebanese last name. It's a Lebanese yeah, last yeah, yeah. name. Copy. Yeah. Copy. From All my right. grandfather. So we'll, we'll get into the career stuff and, and the family history. Yeah, sure, sure. But There's a much, lot to say. We, but we have a far more important yeah. series of questions. We want to know if we can sell the Felipe Nasser starter beauty kit. Beauty kit. Yeah, like what your, what soap you use. Oh my god. Let's the, start with uh, yeah. Let's start with things we can manage without <laughs> yeah. without, without like beard. Yeah, like okay. we both have facial hair, not nearly as beautiful as yours. But, so like, what is this like a one day shave? Like, what are we talking here? Uh, lately, I've been actually. I'll just leave it as long as I see. Man, you know what? Now I've got to sh- just trim it. Yeah. Okay. And then, okay. And the trim is like an electric razor. Electric just to keep, razor. Because okay. you're keeping the stuff. Yes. So yeah. we're gonna need maybe to know- a Phillips or. Something okay. Oh, like Phillips. All Phillips. right. There yeah. we go. Former Williams sponsor, I believe. So that's on brand. Yeah. Okay. So Phillips Electric. <laughs> I like where this is going. <laughs> okay. So Phillips funny. Electric. So if we're yeah. making the kit that we're selling, you can get a cut. Yeah. We're at least 10%. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So Phillips Electric. Okay. Phillips Electric. Yeah. All right. Is there a. Just the trimmer, and then you have, I think you have a different positions you can do for the trim, yeah. you know, for like 1 to 20 or something. Sure. Sure. Okay. okay. And where are you right now? Uh, I think two. You're on okay. the two. Yeah. He's okay. running the deuce. And then Got you let it. it run for how many days? They'll be on for the, for sure, for race day. Okay. Oh. You're, so you two for race day. No, no. I'll okay. leave it as it is now. Okay. okay. Getting to race and day. And then. When if, was the last if, time you used it? I think last time I used was probably three or four days ago. Three okay. days ago. So you'll So that go, was Monday. I did it on Monday. So, so. it's number two. Post-race. Post-race. So post-race. Yeah. Seven days. And then you might do it again. 
Got we're, it. we're trying got to. We're, it. We got. Okay. We, there's a lot to work I on. I just picture my kids right now in their bathroom at home. Yeah. Like, all right, seven this days from now, I'm going to look like this guy. Yeah. Beautiful. Okay. Skin regimen. Are we using? Skin are we using like a facial cream? Anything before you go to bed? Um. Oh, every time I do a shower, I just do this. Um, How'd you call like a face cleaner? Like an exfoliating uh, yeah. thing. They have like little beads in it, so it kind of like. Yeah, I have those too, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. Like but an apricot I, scrub. Yeah, ooh, apricot Forgot scrub. Forgot the name. Scrub. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Forgot right. the name of the well, brand. Go look it up when you get when you get back to your hotel because <laughs> okay. yeah. we, we're, we're we're gonna put together now. we're gonna put together a little kit. We're gonna make you hundreds can, of dollars. I can look it up now. Okay. Oh, okay. This How is... to look like Philip Nasser in a few days? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Or try to. Or try yeah. to. Try to. And fail miserably. Now, like Gar Robinson's gonna try it. <laughs> <laughs> His curly hair is not gonna fit in the right way. You know? I tried. Is there is there a product in the hair right now, or is this uh, just no, like just out of the shower? Out of the shower. Okay, so I'm starting to realize that a lot of this is just being Brazilian. Yeah, right. So we're already screwed. I was okay. gonna say that, you know, that <laughs> I spent a lot of time in the sun. You know, I've uh, that won't work for some of us. <laughs> I'm pretty used to this kind of weather. Not 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 today's right, weather, right. but yeah. uh, the warmer one. Uh -huh. And uh, you know, whenever I'm back there, I like to be outdoors. Yeah, I like to be. Even training outdoors, mm -hmm. if it's running or cycling, so or just work fishing. on being tan and fit. These yeah, are the yeah. two so things. Be tan and be fit and be yeah. from Brazil. I, I yeah. do a lot of fishing as well. Yeah, and uh, this is a kind of a hobby that I have. You know, um, you know, I've. I think I told you guys that I've been to the Amazon. I think it was well. So every year I go to the Amazon at the end of the year. Oh, this is cool. like a one big trip, big fishing trip. Amazon is like the actual rainforest, not the, <laughs> yes. not the website. Yeah, 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 yeah Amazon, yeah. The, the rainforest. That's yeah, yeah. Right. And um, we always have to book that trip a year in advance because it's so hard to get dates. Is it's, it really? Yeah, it's, okay. it's I know like the. About um, it. Is it limited amount of? No, it's because it's the, uh, you know, like they're it, trying to preserve it. No, no, not really. It's just it's the place. If you like fishing, that's where you want to experience in your life it's like a lifetime experience fishing on the amazon yes yeah that sounds amazing <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah. but do they limit how many people can go no because they do on um, on those uh, boat charts so okay. you have to you have to book uh in advance because they they can only take i think up to 12 or 20 person 20 people per boats okay so and the limitation is the, the limitation charters. is the charts yeah okay okay and then a lot of people book it in advance because it's like a high you know what if you're an amazon prime member that could help. Okay. <laughs> Just curious. <laughs> nice plug. I don't know. Um, so you are an avid fisherman, but you don't eat fish. I don't. That's correct. Okay. I don't eat fish. So is it, do you see the irony in that? I see. Yeah. <laughs> so you're just a murderer. I'm a murderer? Yeah. You just like to murder. Or do you, or do you throw them back? I throw them back. Oh, okay. Catch and release. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Catch and okay. release, yeah. always. Yeah. Like yeah. the ladies. Like the ladies. <laughs> Catch and release. <laughs> That's all the good fishing I do sometimes, yeah. With the ladies. With the ladies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, with like, like no, that that's yeah. real. Yeah, yeah. Um, if Scott Dixon's good at fuel mileage, he's good at catch and release. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, on that on that token, can we also talk about your Instagram for a second? Yes. Okay. Go ahead. So your Instagram, it's just like Vogue cover shot after Vogue cover shot after. Like every photo on your Instagram is like a perfect photo that could be on a magazine cover. So what what I couldn't figure out is. Like there's one photo you were like unzipping and it's like the perfect length down to be like the shot. Are these shots that you get <laughs> or are these? The yeah, yeah, he yeah. knows. Are these shots that you're like posing for and orchestrating? No, or are really. these naturally? They, they just come natural. You really? I, th I hope I do. You know, like are I'm you not, like conscious? So like, uh, well, I'm trying to show. Uh, so lately, I've been um, I've been with a jewelry brand from Brazil called Guerreiro, and 
you know, trying to show their their pieces, their necklaces sure. and bracelets. Rings so you're aware of this one, the photos. Yeah, I'm one of those. Yeah. Okay, because uh, yeah. so we just went to Alaska, and when you're doing video work in Alaska, you can be an average video guy, but yeah. the, the videos look fantastic because the mountains and the scenery and everything are so just that gorgeous. Gives, that gives it makes you. it easy. So whoever yeah, yeah. is in there is going to look great. It's going to look great. So yeah. we're like, are you the Alaska <laughs> of <laughs> race car drivers? <laughs> <laughs> because like, they just have to point a camera and they're good. That's funny. That's, That's funny. a yes. Yeah, he didn't yeah, say he's no. like, yeah, no, I'm beautiful. I know. I'm, I'm glad we covered this. Next bit, guys. So guys be on the racetrack this weekend or? Yeah, we race. Uh, well, actually, Friday. It's only tomorrow and Friday, right? Yeah, why is that? Do you know what's going on on the Saturday? <laughs> we couldn't figure it out. <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm looking forward. The sprint race, um, I really enjoy Watkins. Mm -hmm. Amazing track. Pretty old school. Yeah. Um, for sure, pretty high up on the list. But it, it's, it's hard to overtake, though. Especially on the prototypes, as you're following each other. Well, so many high-speed corners. So right? many high-speed yeah. corners. Uh, it's great if you're leading and you just control the pace. You save yeah. tires, save fuel. But yeah. if you're trying to race, it can be hard. The uh, current Daytona prototype is actually a really proper prototype. It makes quite a bit of downforce. Oh yeah. High-speed track like Watkins Glen, it's probably really hard to get close because you lose the front end of the car. Exactly. Yeah. That'll how, be the first. How bad is it? Because obviously you've driven F1 cars where the weight can be really, really bad. But no one really talks about this too much with DPIs, about how bad yeah. the aero is, the aero wash. You know, those cars are really quick. If you take, for example, Detroit, we were probably around three or four seconds lower than, than, in, than the Indy car, okay. which is not a lot. Yeah, that's not far off. Considering the, you know, the weight we carry and mm -hmm. the, the, the downforce and uh, all, all this stuff, you know, engine-wise. But here, especially the high-speed corners like the carousel, mm -hmm. You just feel the effect on the car. You just yeah. lose front air, and then you just wash out. Yeah. yeah you know, to, to follow a car, it's okay to be, like, within a second, mm -hmm. but you just can get close enough yeah. to, to create an opportunity. Yeah. And that was not enough tire dag as well that you could really rely on that and yeah. say, you know, I'm going to save some tires to the end, and then sure. I'm going to get by. But it, it was never the case. So everybody's good enough the whole way through that. Yes. Unless yeah. they make a but mistake, you're kind of... Amazing cars to drive. Like, yeah. Since, since I left F1, I have to say it has been by far the most enjoyable series really? I've been driving. Yeah. And you've driven Indy cars. Drove Indy car, yeah. which is a pretty fun car to drive as yeah. well. But, I mean, just the way the, the IMSA series and those cars are able to race each other... Mm -hmm. um, when they got that balance right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is fun. You know, yeah. like I've, as a driver, I have to say, um, I've been enjoying a lot the series. Yeah. You know, I had so much fun in the, coming here in, in 18 when I won the championship. I was like, whoa, you know, I want to spend more time here because I feel this is where I want to be. And mm -hmm. looks like we're going to have some really good times ahead with the new homologation of the cars yeah, coming by. Yeah, right. So, yeah. Great timing, great timing to be for you, yeah, in the absolutely. series and have switched on earlier because yep. we knew that was coming. So yeah. there will be a lot of good opportunities coming absolutely. by. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So we normally do these much later in the show. But the pass along question? Yeah, the yeah, pass along I was wondering question. what you were going with. Yeah, yeah, yeah pass along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, I don't mind. You guys do. Oh, no, no. Well, cause <laughs> only because you're talking about it now. So uh, <laughs> yeah, we, do, yeah. we do pass along questions where our previous guests ask a question of our next guest. Okay. And last night we had dinner with uh, Michael Printup, who is the president of Watkins Glen. All right. And uh, he had a question Michael. for he's, he's cool. He had a question for me? He yeah, had a question yeah, for you. Yeah. I hope it's not about the, the beauty stuff you guys are saying. <laughs> oh, he's like, let's move on from this <laughs> Stop bringing this up. I know I'm good looking. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to truthfully know what you feel about Formula One from a marketing point of view, from a political point of view, and would you go back? I think that part sucks. The to political side? The political yeah, side, yeah. yeah. But 
that exists, you know, for many, many years. And, nothing, yeah. and it's not like he's going to change from now on. Yeah. And um, don't, don't get me wrong. I love this series. It was a dream that I had as a, as a child. And when I started racing was to get into Formula One one day, which I did. And I feel very grateful about that. Um, you know, had, to, had the chance to meet great people, great engineers, great people that are really passionate about the sport and, and do make a difference. Um, so having, that, having had that experience, I feel very grateful to, to have done that, you know. Uh, from, from the time I was at Williams as a reserve driver and then later on when I got my chance to drive for Sauber for 15 and 16, and I got the best ever result for a Brazilian, uh, Brazilian de uh, debut in yeah, history. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, it, but, but timing is crucial as well in F1. If you're not at the right place, right time, and with the right car, giving the right equipment, that opportunity can go really quick to someone else. And there are a lot of things, you know, you, you can't control and other things that are out of your control that really pisses you off as a driver, you know, because it, it's hard, you know, if you think about it, you know, if you get in F1 today, if you're not in a Mercedes or a Mercedes <laughs> or a Mercedes <laughs> yeah. or yeah. a Red Bull, maybe, yeah. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. depending on the week, you yeah. know, you ain't going to have a chance to win a race. Yep. Yep. And the passion I have as a driver, what brought me up as a driver, what I, what I learned from my family, because they also had a, uh, a racing background was yeah. and we'll get into I like that. winning yeah. I like to go for championships I like to go where I can I can look back one day and s look at my name and said you know I've won this I won that race right uh, you know a, a good CV and there, there are a lot of drivers they don't think that way mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. my opinion they they get into F1 and they might be there for five six eight years knocking on the door and making a podium here or there maybe or maybe not even making a podium but um, great, you are in F1, but might be on a weekend you're only starting 15 for you get to 10th place or 8th place. So that, that's pretty hard, you know, as a driver when you, as I made all the junior series, uh, winning Formula BMW, won British F3, uh, won races in GP2. So I had a pretty successful way into F1. And then it's hard when you miss that part of winning. Sure. And that's exactly what I felt the need of coming and looking somewhere else when I left that one, I was like, you know what? If I go somewhere, I want to go, I want to have fun and I want to be competitive. I, I want to be able to win races. So um, when I made the choice to come and join the IMSA series for Action Express Racing, um, for me, it was like, this is exactly what I needed, you know, as a driver, as a person and the environment, man, you know, it's so different. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, Europeans, but you know, the way I feel Screw them. Screw them. The you got to commit, man. You gotta, you're American now. <laughs> well, not only, just to, yeah. just to put a pause on what you're saying, yeah. not only is it that you race in the United States, but you raced open wheel in Europe. You didn't race sports cars in Europe. Mm -hmm. So even more cutthroat, I would argue, than what a sports car paddock is like. And everybody that we talk to from Europe that's a road racer, a sports car racer, they say it's even more relaxed over here. Oh, yeah. So from your point of view, because you raced in every open wheel ladder series going up, mm -hmm. and against, like, top top competition so i imagine it was very ruthless and at times not fun exactly and so for me when i came over here i saw the opposite you know i saw the contrast of being you're a professional driver and uh, you get a chance of winning every weekend you know if you're in the right place right team they'll give you all the tools you needed and man i just had so much fun it was something i was missing the fun part yeah. of racing 
like so you by know, by the end of say year two, like the, the first year of F one, awesome, right? Novelty. Oh yeah, you're, that was you're awesome. On the F1 yeah. grid, but like halfway into year two, yeah, you know, you're fighting for twelfth. Yeah, uh, well, is, is it still fun? Yeah, that that's where we're getting. You know, like if you look back when I went to, entered F one in fifteen, um, the team had not scored points in fourteen, so that was a new year for them, and they had just switched to to the Ferrari engines, and all the hybrid system was getting better as the you know the months went by and everything was getting <coughs> improved straight away we made a fifth place in australia which was awesome and then i went to score <coughs> 27 points that year so that first year in 15 was was decent looking yeah. at the um, resources we had as yeah. a team and you were strong at sauber so yeah. we were strong we scored points monaco china i remember singapore uh austin uh, we did score points. Um, where else? There were a lot of places we scored points, and 20, 20, 27 points at a, driving for a Sauber at the time was pretty decent. I think I finished 13th in the championship that year. Um, but I knew by the half point from 2015, by the middle of the year, the team was struggling for budget. Yeah. yeah. And everything, everything you do in racing, you got to plan ahead, as you guys know. So we knew 16 was going to be a struggle, a big struggle. And Sauber was already um, trying to sell the team. And the only way out that he found, he found you know, an, an alternative that the team could continue was that this, there, there was this Swedish group, uh, the same people who manages uh, Marcus Ericsson's, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, they, they were His involved with Marcus yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. And don't get me wrong, Marcus is a great guy. No, he's you know, not. I, he's horrible, and we will start that no, rumor no, no, today. No, 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 I don't have, I, I don't have nothing. <laughs> he ruined your career, man. No, 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 no. I have nothing against the guy, okay. you know. It's, yeah. it's, that, that, that doesn't come to the point, you know. And yeah, yeah. But at the time, it was his managing group that took over Sauber. So yeah. they, they owned so Sauber then. Yeah, yeah. So it was hard, you know. Like, right. we knew going into 16 was going to be a struggle, and... As you know, man, you, you gotta you gotta play the game, and the game was that they didn't have enough parts for the two cars. They didn't have enough. Now, was he getting better stuff? Yes. Yeah. In 2016. Yes. yes. Yeah. And um, you don't say that like you're surprised. No, I'm not surprised. Like I'm it doesn't sound like you're mad about it. it, it no, it's, I mean it's well, it was five years ago too. Well, no, no. I mean yeah. the point is like it's the reality of it. It's the you reality. Like, why is he getting it? You and, knew why. And this happens yeah. all the time. Exactly. Have fun. You, you yeah. look at Bottas and Hamilton. Yeah. Like, they give this strategy to Hamilton, and maybe Bottas have to cover his race every sure. now and then. Sure. You know, it's yeah. you just won over all of our female fans. Can you say Hamilton and Bottas again? Hamilton, Bottas, <laughs> Bottas. All the ladies just yeah. melted. Like, oh, he's uh, dreamy, and yeah. he looks like that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. go on. <laughs> Can I use your pictures so, on my uh, dating apps? <laughs> <laughs> so you're not getting the same equipment, and that's my point. Is like well, you're still in F1. It's the childhood dream, yeah, but, but I'm like just your saying, teammates you know, beating you. When, when I saw all of, all of this, you know, the right. first thing you do is like, man, I'm frustrated. Like I'm really seeing all this happening. And, and the outside doesn't necessarily know this. They don't know. Right. They don't know. Well, I'm glad. I'm it. glad that drive to survive thing came along. Yeah. Because that shows a little more of what the racing world really reality. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you get to see more of the background, the people, what they do, how they prepare, what their goals are, what their goals yeah, are. And yeah. it's not always that perfection you see on TV. All the cars line up beautiful. You know, it's so. Um, at least they had a a feel. Right. what F1 is like, you know. So but you really again, needed this four years ago or six years ago. Yeah, that would have been fun, you know. Yeah. That would have been fun because right. you, would, you would really get to know what was it like to experience that right. F1. Well, especially a team a that was in really bad shape. So, yeah. yeah. 
So anyways, uh, 16 was a horrible struggle for the team. No performance at all. We were starting last every race. Uh, everybody gets frustrated. That's normal, you know, like, um, but as a driver, you know, when you get a chance to score points, you will do everything it takes to make it. And that happened to me. When it came to the race in Brazil in 2016, um, that was the second to final race, um, race of the year, and I scored two points for Sauber. Yeah. Which for the championship money wow. was a huge thing. That gave them a, a bonus of 50 like a, plus million yeah, wow. right. dollars. Just two or points whatever. Is that much. Because two it's points. crazy. Yeah, the yeah, constructor yeah. championship. Yeah. And then I screwed Banner. What's that? I, I screwed Manor at the time. Manor, the, tam, the yeah. team, yeah. Yeah. Manor. Because they needed that money. They yeah, needed right. that they money arrived. to survive for yeah. this year. Right. So, so you, I screwed them. You put people out of work. You <laughs> ruined. <laughs> you, can, you can put it that way. You ruined Alex Rossi's career. You, oh, oh yeah. boy. Yeah. yeah. You oh, did yeah. that. You did yeah. that. Yeah. Anyway, well, here, <laughs> making this, you know, story short, it's that when I, when I, I mean, that race felt great, man. It was one of the hardest races I ever yeah. did in my life. Yeah. And getting that Sauber up to, I, I finished ninth, but most of the race we were running within the top six. Yeah. Right. But it was a struggle to keep that car on the track. <laughs> right. It was unreal. Yeah. Right. Like it was, like going through the gears, man. It was pointing to the wall every yeah. now and then. Yeah. Super. Yeah. But anyway, I made it. I survived it, and um, it was, I have to say, one of the best races I did in F1. Yeah. And so much fun. So I crossed the line. Everybody was, you know, emotion, sure, emotional. The crowd was and going ballistic. They were, they were going crazy, yeah, you know. Did yeah. it out of my home race. That was, yeah. that was like a child's, you know, dream to do that. Yeah. And did you already Even, know that you were kind of out of a job at this point? Well, at that point, we were going to go into the discussion. So okay. as soon so as this I, is good for you. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> as soon as I ended the race, I come and sit down with the owners of the team at the time. I ain't going to mention names. And they said, you know, that was great. Awesome, you score points for the team, but it could have been any of you, any of, of you two drivers that made it. And oh, so that, you're just the same as anybody. Yeah, so. Um, Wait, so they're like, well, we, Marcus we, could have done it, we, even though you're the one that did it. We want to give you a notice that you're not going to stay in the team next year, so you should start looking for some, something else. <sighs> wow. And I made the team survive and gave them a, an extra yeah, that drive pocket money. Yeah, that drive the money to keep going through the for winter. For sure. Yeah. But that's how F1 is. And people got, I, you know. I'm saying this because there's no, I'm not lying to anything. Yeah, people yeah, know well, you're that. not saying anything. People yeah. are surprised you're to find out. You're not saying anything yeah, bad. Yeah, like I guess the, the, the takeaway is, for, for us, is instead of being like, hey, that was an amazing drive. You clearly yeah. did the best you could. We won't be able to retain you. They had to let you know that we can get 100 guys that could do that. Anybody could have done that. And it's crazy because it's already November. We're talking. Yeah. And you're hoping to continue. Now you cannot even look in at other places. Right. Yes. I mean, all yeah. the, even in like the sports car side, like the rides are it's gone too late. by November. Everything yeah, yeah. was too late. So yeah. I had to sit down for a year. For a year in 17. But I have to say, as a person, now talking about the Filippi as a person, it was the best year in my life as a person. In terms of just, just being like reflection and making yourself better? You know what I feel now? It's that. You can only be good as a professional race driver or whatever you do as a professional you have in your life if you know where your personal life stands. Are they balanced together or not? Yeah. And that's what I, that, that was how I was able to find back, you know, my, you can say my mojo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Probably some inner peace. I made a lot of questions, you know, like, where do I want to go next? Yeah. Is this something I really want to do? Just in racing as a whole. Like, like racing as a oh, whole, yeah, you know, yeah. is this something I really want to put 
the energy right. back at it because right now I didn't have it when I left. Right. When I left, all that. Like all athletes go through this. You spend yeah. your whole life like this is it, this is it, and now it's gone. It's now a shock. What am I doing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a shock. So I went back home to Brazil, which I haven't been back for. Well, I moved to Europe when I was 16, and I and I got back to Brazil right after that seven. Well, at the end of 16, that was the end of the stint, and then I went back to live in Brazil. Yeah. Go back to my parents' house, and that was a shock as well, because I was like, man, I'm. That never happened to me, you know? So there was things that I was picking up were you, again. Were you living with your parents when you yeah, went back? Yeah, I was. Was there a bit of like, oh my God, I'm in my 20s, I'm living with my yeah, parents? That, that yeah, that was yeah, the yeah. weird point, you know, because everything was like, wow, man. But I... I was at Monaco six that was months so, ago. There right? was yeah. so much in my head that I just had to sit down for a little and just say, okay, I just got to accept things as they are. Right. And I have to understand where I want to put my energy back. But I had to recover that energy. Mm -hmm. So that 17 year was a year that as a, as a person... I got to do all the things I didn't, I didn't do as a race driver or live in my professional life, and uh, everything that did bring me to the, to the final ladder of the of motorsport, you know, is that mm -hmm. is where I wanted to be. Yeah. And now, I'm sitting home. Yeah, at your you parents' know, house. At my parents' house. Yeah. But again, it sounds crazy, but I had the greatest time as a person to find back that energy I needed. The, the intuition, the intuition to things I wanted, my my passion about racing, and that that eager that that desire, the fire was back. The fire was back. So was there I, a thing that you did that, that helped you? Like, did you get a dog? Did you go fishing more? Did you start yeah, seeing a therapist? Like, what was was well, there I, other things? I intensified a few things and got rid of others. Um, but I have to say, I was at the time I uh, I was really into meditation as well. And that was something I really intensified at the time. And that was your way of working on yourself. Yeah, yeah, just working on myself. But also I got to do things that I never had the time to do, you know, like seeing my friends, traveling where I wanted to be, yep. um, chasing girls, or going <laughs> to, you know, to the carnival parties in Brazil I'd never been to. Yeah. So, like, things that I never really had the time to do, even simple things, you know. I just wanted to hang out with my friends, yeah. um, spend more time in my hometown, and... Uh, like nothing crazy, but just like the usual thing that you be would a regular do, person, the regular person yeah. would do, you know. Yeah. So that that fulfilled me somehow, and then it got to a point that I just asked myself, so okay, so what's next? Now that I feel the need to go back racing, where should I place myself? Yeah. And it's funny because I think, man, there, there's there's something up higher than us, or a, I believe a lot in energy and stuff like this, and then things just start to fall in place as time went by. I mean, there's no secret now, but at the time it was. I had a call from um, had a call from London Norris uh, managing group, okay. yeah, and they called me up saying if I could prepare the kids, well, like help get Lando ready for F1. Yes, yeah. yes. So, so basically, we, like a coaching role. Yeah, yeah. So that came in the middle of 17, and I was just sitting home, didn't think about racing at all, never seen a race car for six months. So now I'm in the car and I'm trying to teach Lando all the stuff that I can as a driver. Yeah. And it was great. The kid is special, and I think he's going to be a world champion one day. Okay. And I was, I know, I say that because I got the chance to see him closely, the way he works through things, the way he drives, his ability and everything. But I was like, wow. I, got, I remember going in, in and out for the first time on the track, I think it was Harris when we tested. So are you like testing like three-year-old cars? What are you? We were testing uh, Formula 2 cars. At Formula the time. 2 cars. Yeah. Okay, copy, copy. Because uh, you, you can use the old regulations cars okay. to test. To do that. Okay, that's allowed. Copy. Okay. 
And I remember just doing the first lap on that car, and I just felt so natural back in a race car. So that's the first time you've driven something like that since you had left yes. Sauber. So that was yeah. six months later. I yeah. drove a race car in Jerez, and I did my first laps, came back to the pits. For me, I, was, I knew I was slow as, right, right, right. you know. But you were home. <laughs> but I was home. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that's the way I felt, but it felt so na natural. Yeah, I like get it. it. You know, I felt like, okay, now I feel the car, I'm pushing the tires, I'm pushing this to the corners, but I, but I'm be, I might be slow. <laughs> Top 10 F1 driver from yeah. six months ago. Yeah. Go back in the car and then, man, you, you nailed it. You know, like you're probably a second ahead or something. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you were down that, on yourself. Yeah, I was like, and whoa. You're, and you're the fastest, and I'm guessing it's a lot of people now we now like, know their names. I'm like, whoa, you know, this is really what I, what I want to do back. You yeah. know, I, I've got to go back to racing. Yeah, don't give up on it. Yeah. yeah. So Suck it, Albon. Again, great opportunity. At the time, I wasn't allowed to say this. Um, like, it was a pretty confidential thing that Lando was getting himself prepared yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think he's going to bother. You I, know. I think you're safe on this show. Yeah. So anyway. Then I say, where I want to go next from here? Which championship I want to go for, you know? And I remember watching a lot of the IMSA races. Yeah. Now, are you still managed at this point? Say again? Do you still have management at this point? Because you were with Roberts. And yes, I still. I still have Steve okay. with me, yeah. Okay. So then it was pretty much my decision to see where I wanted to be. Even Steve was pretty cool on that. And, and this, just to be clear, this, we're talking about yeah. Steve Robertson, who manages a bunch of guys. Kimi Räikkönen. Yeah, Kimi, sort of Kimi has one. been his latest, the latest yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, like guy he, that he has been, you know, managing for a right. long, long time. But he was like a stud in America for a little while, ran yeah. Indy Lights and stuff like that. He was so, Indy anyway. Lights champion, I think. Yes, sir. Great friend as well. He became a great friend of mine, Steve. So you're looking at your options. Looking at the options. How does that work, by the way? Like you've been out of the scene for a little bit. You're living at homes. By the way, were you doing your own laundry? I was. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm telling you, man. I've he's thinking about it, though. <laughs> was, yeah. I? He's like, was I doing it? He's like, is my mom going to hear this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. I hope she does. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, he was not. He did not do his own laundry. Yeah, she's like, yeah, he did it once, and then I had to fix everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I started doing it. Did you have a clean room? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sometime. <laughs> um... Like what? Like now I'm lost. Right? Where are we going? Oh, we're going okay. Steve Robertson. Steve Robertson yeah. looking at options for next year. But like, how does that so process just, just start? I had a deal with Steve when I raced in Formula BMW in 2009, and I won that championship. Then I signed a deal with Steve that he was going to manage my career, and he was going to be the investor as well on the years forward from that. And now is that a uh, like a rev or a, what do we call a, it? A, like or a future earn, earnings earnings deal. If he's going to invest in you, then he yeah, makes something back exactly, on the backside. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So at the time, there were, there were options. You know, I remember I even raced with the Red Bull livery back then, but I didn't take the deal, and I ended up doing the Steve. I ended up, you know, making the deal with Steve because that, for me, was more of a flexible. Rather than being locked into what yes. Red Bull says you're going to do and making no money. Because you never know, you know. <laughs> uh, ruining your career. Yeah. Er, you know, every a few years, the manufacturers change what they want to yeah. go or mm -hmm. what they want to do. Versus the manager will take anything, so, yeah. With him, it was a lot more flexible, and you know, I had a great time with Steve, and um, we became good friends. We made it to F1 together, and I owned that guy a lot of his respect. You know, everything that he did for me, and um, you know, just great. A lot of things that I've learned in my life through the racing stuff and experience and negotiations and uh, dealing with people, sponsors, has been through him. And uh, so now, you know. 17 looking at options i made the call 
to Action Express Racing because I raced for them in 2012. Oh, sorry, in 2013. 13. Yeah, because 12 was Shank. Yeah, because yeah. 12 I did Shank. Yeah. When I won British F3 as a with the Sunoco as a prize, I did. Yeah. I won that Sunoco prize, that the Sunoco Challenge thing. Yeah. That gave me a chance to do the Daytona 24-hour with Michael Shank. We finished third. Yeah. With that piece of that, shit, Negri. Let's yeah. just talk about that yeah. for a minute. Yeah. What oh, a horrible yeah. human being. <laughs> Negri. Ugh. Yeah. Just terrible guy. Just the worst. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so you went. But then anyway. the next year, you're at Action Express. Yeah. Yeah. So, in se so exactly. So going back to 13 was when I had my first opportunity to drive for Action Express Racing. After they saw the result that I did with Michael Shank in 12. Yeah. I had, a, I had a call from Gary Nelson, and um, you know he's that he's the director there in Action Express Racing. And at this point, you're like GP2 stud. I was like, yeah, yeah, one way, yeah. F1 is where I'm going, but F1 okay, Daytona when right, it happens, right, right. January, okay, I'm right. going. Sure, sure. So had a chance to work with them. Great experience, but um, that race itself didn't go so well. We were doing well until PK Jr. hammered the car in the pit lane exit. Okay, so. Uh, <laughs> destroy the car now i like that you didn't say another driver <laughs> you made sure to mention yeah. your brazilian countryman nelson pk jr yeah. hit he, the pit wall yeah and i know there were everybody was pretty pissed with that you know <laughs> sounds like it <laughs> anyway yeah. so um kept my relationship with gary yeah. he said whenever yeah. you're done with the f1 shit, just let me know you yeah. know yes probably yeah that sounds did you right. say it just like yeah. that whenever you're tired of the f1 shit, just give me a call that's yeah. exactly what he said yeah and turns out so you were. <laughs> that came to my mind, you know. Yeah. Gary Nelson, man, how come I did not think about him earlier? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, had so, you been other, doing other things like looking at factory rides and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I had a few looks at Formula E, IndyCar. Um, there were there were conversations every now and then with with all different series, but I felt like what was going to give me the best shot as a as a you know, as a driver position where I could win, I wanted to win straight away. Right, right, yeah. So the other rides were like, mm, you know, you're gonna be there, but maybe right finishing. And I assume some are like, well, maybe you have money and that yeah, kind of thing. yeah. And, and then I, I was like, right, I was like, no, I don't want to go that way. I wanna, I wanna go where they can give me a car that is competitive and I can show what I can do. And you can be a pro driver that's unattached to sponsors yeah, yeah. and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, just go do your job. Yeah. So. Um, Gary, next thing he says, so I have a test available coming up in uh, VAR. That was July in 20, 2017. Yeah, yeah. And uh, next thing I do, I said, yeah, I can do it. So wait, is that there. in the DPI? In the DPI. At VAR. Yeah. Oh. That's the only place they could. Well, right. Because I never well, driven a car before, and they had to make a decision for next year. Well, what, what I'm getting at is, like, we don't race DPIs at VIR. Yeah, man. That so was, talk about the But cool that was awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, that's my favorite track. Right. Those cars don't go there. But so, to be clear, the, the rules are that, like, testing-wise, they can't run at normal tracks with all the yeah, restrictions yeah, yeah, on yeah, test days. Yeah, yeah. So, so if they're going to evaluate they people. They had to figure out another place. Yeah, yeah, right. That's awesome. That's cool. So I got the chance to go there. And, um, and I'm assuming you'd never been to VIR. Never been to VIR. Yeah. I had no idea what VIR was. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Sorry, Americans. Sorry. Well, don't worry, because there's this great TV show called Dinner with Racers. There's a whole deep dive on VIR. There's a whole. I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. you could appreciate it because you've been there probably once. Yeah. Yes, just once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so, is are you the only one at this test? Or no, it was people? my. I was there, and John uh, John Barboza was there. Oh, okay, sure, Barboza yeah. was there yeah. as well. But he already works there, so it's not like there's a shootout with six yeah. guys. Yeah, no. So they just had Barboza in the car. He did a baseline. Then I got in, first time driving a DPI. 
And I remember just going out of, out of the pit lane and just my first lap was like, man, this, this feels like a, you know, similar to a single seater now. Yeah, yeah. Because my last yeah. impression I had was in 13. Was a two frame DP, which was frame not DP, at all the same. Frame DP, steel brakes, less down first. Yeah. It was more like a super GT kind of car. Sure, sure. And I was like, man, this feels pretty good. You know, uh -huh. it breaks late and stuff. I remember doing just a few laps, maybe five, six laps, and they called me back pit lane. I said, man, this is so much fun. <laughs> I'm impressed what the cars can do. And Ian goes, well, you've already quicker than we've ever been here. Oh, wow. So okay. I feel like you're enjoying the car and went on a new tire run and stuff. So for me, that was the, the, the real connection that happened straight away. I knew I wanted to do that, and I felt like, these guys are going to be able to give me a winning car. Yeah, right. So I have to make a choice pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Finished. I, d I didn't even drove the, the full day. <laughs> I remember by midday we were done. Gary yeah. said, you can go home. You've done whatever we, you did. Yeah. We've seen your work. Go back home, and I'll call you if, you, if, you, if we're going to have a chance here. But yeah. I think everything we saw was pretty good. Within a few days, I got a contract from Action Express Racing. Yeah, yeah. And my invitation to come to America for the first time. Sure. Wow. Most drivers, when they're young, the aspiration is open wheel. It's Formula One or it's IndyCar. Yeah. And it's very common, especially when you come from open wheel, that the second you're in a sports car, your open wheel career is over. You're not going back to IndyCars. You're not going back to F1 because now you're a sports car driver. Uh, was there a little bit of that with you? It sounded like you'd had <laughs> a half year to reflect. Well, I've, I, still, I, still, I still have that fire, you know, from, yeah. from single-seater. Like, I know if I jump in a single-seater now, I'm going to have a blast. And yeah. I know it's something I enjoy doing as well. And which did happen, you know, like when I, when I had a few IndyCar uh, outings yeah, here said, and there. Yeah, and that's still on the cards, but uh, it's so common. Like, it, in other words, it might preclude, it might make people some, some people nervous to become a sports car driver yeah, because, like, exactly. the reputation is that it's over. If you're but, I, but I think, you know, look around and you see the... There are a lot of younger guys coming in now more and more and more often, jumping into the sports cars. Yeah. And yeah, you're, you're one of your teammates is one of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. my teammate, you look, you look Pepe? like. Yeah, that's why I was laughing. He just walked by. Oh, did he really? Yeah. <laughs> was he there? Yeah, he yeah. just walked I by. I didn't see that. Yeah. 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 Did he see us? No, no. completely no. blind. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he just turned in. So, um, you got to think. That's <laughs> I heard it. I heard it. I got it. I got it. So, You've got to make a decision at some point, you know, because uh, we cannot be race drivers forever. So you got to say, I want to be professional and I want to do this for a living. And uh, not that I've never done this for a living, you know, like it's, this has always this has always been my number one goal, being a professional race car driver. And, um, you know, but I, when I saw the chance, how solid that could be, uh, instead of trying, you know, one, one year deal here in IndyCar, one year deal, like, like I this just like home, think, yeah. you know, I want to go somewhere I can win, and I want to be somewhere solid. Yeah, it's not like put some roots in yeah. and like build something from it. Yeah, so yeah. that's when it all took off, you know. When yeah. I when I moved to the, to the U.S. in 2018, and uh, had Eric Curran as a teammate, great guy, still you know a great friend of mine, and he, we went on to win the race. We went to win the championship that year, both championships. Man, I had a great time. It was all I needed. Yeah. You know, from, from the... Checked all the boxes of what Checked all needed. the boxes because yeah. coming out from F1, having that transition year of being at home and getting that desire, what I yeah. wanted to do next. Yeah. And everything just, fall, just fell in place like the best I could ever plan, you know. 
and uh, first times doing the, the American tr circuits as well. I didn't didn't know any of them, so it was a lot of fun. And the the best thing of all was winning the championship. Yeah, absolutely, right out of the game. Both of them out yeah. of out of you know out of the blue, we just came and won the thing, yeah, and I was like. Year. Man, how come I plan everything and it, it, it just happened, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That gave me a nice satisfaction feel of everything that I went through. And it was like, wow, you know, I've, I'm, I'm connected again. And that's what I want to stick to. So this is where I've been the last four years. And uh, as we briefly touch on the subject, you know, it's going to be looking forward. 23 is going to, 2023, yeah, LMDH, LMDH awesome. the yeah. new homologation, hybrid cars, yep. a lot of manufacturers joining. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This will be a really good opportunity for drivers that have been already involved in sports car racing because it's going to take it's off. Gonna be pretty fun. It's going to be yeah. pretty fun. Yeah. More, more cars. Yeah. A lot of manufacturers getting involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How many of them, of them, you don't have to tell us who, how many have reached out to you already? A few. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I love the smirk. The yeah. He's like, he knows. come on, sir. He knows. A few. Yeah. 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 It's the same thing about how women, how, how he's good with women. He's yeah. like, yeah. come on. Look at, oh, <laughs> come yeah. On. It's yeah. the smile, then he looks down. Yeah, he's like, come on. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. So just, yeah. So, well, so just to wrap up Michael's question. Okay. So now you've been here a few years. You're very excited. You see the future with, with sports car. Um, not Mercedes, not Red Bull. Let's say Haas or Sauber with no attachments to Ferrari. And I think it's like, if they call you, like, we want you to drive our car next year. Would you look at that versus Action Express? Mm, I don't know. Or Alfa Romeo, think, no. I shouldn't say Sauber. Yeah, I, I knew. Al, yeah, Alfa yeah, Romeo yeah, is what yeah. I meant. Yeah, if Minardi calls. Only if the paycheck was going to be really high. But yeah. I, even though, <laughs> even, those teams, yeah, yeah I'm sure. Even right. though, I, you know, it's, I, I still want to look back at my career and I, I want to say, I won this. I won this championship. Yeah. I won Daytona. I won Sebring. Yeah, right. I won Le Mans. Or, you know, I, I want to have those kind of memories to myself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So if Gunther Steiner calls you tomorrow, knowing you can't win in that car, you're still good where you are. I am. Yeah. I feel Unless pretty... Unless they're going to spend the dumb number. Yeah, if yeah. it's a dumb number, like happen, you said, right. if yeah, they right. go they crazy can't. on the yeah. number, yeah. 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 Then it could be something. But right. otherwise, yeah. I'm pretty yeah. happy where, I, where right. I am now. With Red Bull cold? For the second seat. Oh, yeah. Because you're not getting Verstappen's seat. So you know you're going to be put in that position. I mean, this is the F1 game, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's the nugget. And I don't, I don't know if I'm, I'm keen to go that way yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. so, Gary Nelson is somebody that comes up all the time as someone we want to have on the show, and eventually oh, guys, we will. Be good, oh, for sure. Like, no question. He, he, but, he knows we're here. Yeah. But did you know who Gary Nelson was when you first met him? Do you know that he's like an American some, legend? I knew some of Gary Nelson. Yeah. Awesome. And Thank I knew you. his yes. inputs in NASCAR and all yeah. the, you know, Bob Allison days. And that guy's a legend. Yeah. That guy's a legend. Yeah, and Gary and Nelson is absolutely a legend. And what I like about Gary is he, he keeps things so simple into racing. You, you can call Thank it old-fashioned, but I just feel like it. he's, he's mm -hmm. a guy that's, that doesn't overthink. He's pretty straightforward. And he, yeah. he just yeah. keeps it simple. And I like the things he say, you know, expect to yeah. win, keeps the wheel turning. Yeah. He's always trying to show us more of life outside of the track. So whenever I came to the U.S., he said, where are you? New York City? Oh, go to this place. Mm -hmm. Go to that oh, place. So and, and I'm, he wants I'm, you to have the life experience. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, and I'm really li I really like, like um, live music stuff. I like the blues. I like jazz. You like Dire Straits. Yeah, Dire, I like Straits, Dire Straits, Bob Dylan. And I think that was something I was missing because if you go back to the years that I was about to make it to have fun, you, all you do is track, work, hotel, track, work, hotel. And Gary is more of a 
I feel like he's a, you know, he's a great human being. He'll yeah. tell the stories of life and things that he did in his life for, for NASCAR, the contributions he brought to mm -hmm. this sport. Mm -hmm. And had a, you know, I have to say, you know, we get along pretty well. And I have Gary not only as a, a great person within the team, but a great friend. Yeah, yeah. You bring up something interesting. So is F1 a little bit of a lonely life in the sense that, like, it is. like no one's hanging out with you? It is. It I like. feel people are so... Because you don't hang out with the other drivers, really. You don't. You know, yeah. you you do. You probably get to know more your teammate, but you don't. You're never gonna go out and in the paddock. You're gonna say hello to everybody. Right. Hey, guy. You know, what, what not you guys four of you at dinner on a Friday no. night. Yeah. Like I had made more friends here than I ever did all my years right. in Europe, basically. Right. And the engineers, you're not yeah. hanging out. And every time I see the drivers coming over here to race in IMSA, I give an example as Mike Conway. You know. Mike says, man, this is so much fun, you know. I, yeah, wish, sure. I wish we had more races here. Because you're, you're basically just hotel by yourself, yeah. back to the track, sponsor appearance. I feel the environment here is a lot more friendly. Yeah. yeah. And um, I just feel like over there the competition was, was high. And don't get me wrong, here it's high as well. But just the way they face it is different. Culture, a little bit of culture in there. All right. Let's talk some, uh, some Nasser family history. All right. So you're... Lebanese immigrants to Brazil, mm -hmm. your family in the 1960s. On the dad's side, is that? My, my dad's side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My yeah, grandfather, yeah, yeah. yeah from yeah. my dad's side. Yeah. And, and, and your uncle Amir, basically, like, it's a racing family, effectively, once, oh, yeah. it, got, once it got going. Oh, yeah. He's, he's actually here this weekend. With oh, Amir? Cool. So, yeah. Your uncle? Yeah. He should have come. Yeah. <laughs> and so, basically, your uncle Amir kind of started, like, the big Brazilian F3 thing. And, yeah. like, you could pretty much name any Brazilian driver, yes. and they drove yeah. for your uncle. Yeah. So it's all, not even a joke. It's, yeah, it's literally... Like Haleo, Damata, Luciano Berti. Well, I'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> glad you guys did your homework and yeah. research yeah. for that, yeah. because yeah. Amir Nasser Racing, which is the team that was called, and, you know, the, the team he used to run, uh, I would say 99% of the drivers you guys know that came from Brazil, went through his team. When you say you guys, you mean open-wheel fans of IndyCar racing? No, I mean... No, 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 for oh. our listeners. Oh, yeah. for it's district. literally every name you yeah. would recognize from your thing is you like yeah, yeah. IRL or IndyCar. Yeah. Yeah. Damata, yeah. Juncaria. I mean, it just goes on Vitor, and on. You're like, Vitor, Vitor Mira. Vitor Mira. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Every Brazilian open-wheel driver. So Amir Nasser f***ed up IndyCar. Yeah, yeah. Well, he f***ed up Americans. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks to Amir Nasser. Half of Americans can't get right. rising. Billy oh, man, he's going to be proud. He's going to be really happy to hear this show. He's going to be proud. I should have brought but him now. I now feel like your, I should have invited yeah. him. Your, your uncle gets a lot of coverage. Was your dad a racing guy or was this mainly your uncle? So my grand, my sorry, my father was really into repairing engines, preparing engines. He was more like the mechanic and my uncle was the driver. And they both did a lot of go-kart races by themselves. Only not like an official thing. They just go oh no, they, that's how they started. Okay, they bought a go kart. Um, my grandfather didn't know any of this. He wouldn't allow them to do. To so do your any family racing. started on a con. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So real racers. Real racers. Real racers. Real racers. Okay. Yep. Real racers. That's where I come from. Very common for everybody we've interviewed. Yeah. The start was a lie. The start was a lie, <laughs> and you know one day they just came back and they had they had nowhere to put their go-kart so they brought up to their house into their apartment and that's when my grandfather found out they Wait, were racing how big is this apartment 
I don't know. That's that's how but, they told me. You know, they like a, they had it, to carry the thing. And this is in Brasilia. This is in Brasilia. Yeah. So they're like, I'm guessing it's a small place. <laughs> it's a small place. And they're like carrying it up the stairs, like yeah. furniture. No one's gonna notice. Yeah. <laughs> There's like theme music. All Basically, right. they brought a go kart into I'm the on, apartments. I'm on board with that. And they go had on. to make some. They had to make some work, and then that's how my grandfather found out they were into racing. And you know, the first thing he was like really pissed off at it and said, you know, you gotta forget this. Just you know, this is not for you guys. You gotta study. You gotta do this. Right. And he was like, like, yeah. and like, like any immigrant family, I'm sure he yeah. was like, you gotta be better with your money and let's think just about. Yeah, your because future. he, you know, we they right. all had a hard life, you know, coming sure. in, coming in from from, from Lebanon. Lebanon, yeah, and uh, had to start a life from zero in Brazil. Yeah. yeah. And when he landed, when he got in Brasilia, that's where he met my grandmother. And he started a local, um, co like a commercial business. Like um, he had some stuff to do with um, supplying. Um, how do you say? Like, I think PepsiCo was what he used to supply. In, oh, so he, was like a, he was like a vendor. A vendor, for, yes. Yeah, yeah. He this was, was a your vendor, grandfather. My grandfather. Yeah. So everything they made had a value, you know. Everything they they did and they got something, it had a value. So they were really scared that my. And racing is such it, a race. Ra yeah, racing yeah. was going to be like a terrible idea. And it still we is. We all know it is. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't, don't get us wrong. <clears throat> so that's how my family started. And my uncle Amir went all the way to do Formula Ford in the UK. Did the Formula Ford Festival. Didn't have a successful time there. So he came back to Brazil with his knowledge and the people he got to know there. And he started his own F3 team together with my father and built up I mean he was like he was basically like the Mike Shank of car yeah. racing <laughs> yes yeah so I think he was the first guy to bring a Dallara chassis oh cool to, to Brazil uh -huh. and race them so not only is he destroying American yeah. hopes and dreams he ho he with Brazilian he drivers he's destroying Brazilian hopes and dreams with Dallara chassis yeah which yeah. now dominate so, dominates everything. the market so yeah. Uncle Amir has ruined a lot of lives yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I love this guy yeah Amir's our guy he's our next guest yeah anyway so they yeah. they built up the team and they they got pretty good at it winning different championships in Formula 3 and then they started their own stock car team then they started their own sports car team they had a bunch going on and a lot of drivers that you guys know as you as you yeah, mentioned yeah. Elio uh, Junqueira Damara they Pizzonia Burri Burci uh, they all went through the program that Amir had at the time it was pretty much like a preparation before all of them flew over to Europe or the US so all of them went through Amir Nasser racing and that's where they had their preparation was it like a badge of honor like only the best could drive for Uncle Amir, would he take anybody? No, he was very picky on that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So if you well, you should track. ask him when you see him. Okay. You guys will be on the track this weekend, so you will. He will. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll introduce you guys yeah. to him. Yeah. So he was like the the Red Bull Junior program. Yeah. And Amir yeah. knows a lot uh, of what went on my background as well on racing. And one thing I regret was I never had the chance to race for my family the team because. As I was making, as I made the, as I made the transition from go-karting into single-seaters, I was 16 at the time, and they were involved in stock car racing, and they had an F3 car as well, but I never had the chance to race them for a year. Because they didn't have get like a, a Formula Ford or anything. No, yeah, no. Right. So you had to go to Europe for, for everything. But I, yeah, but yeah. I had to, that's why I moved to Europe yeah. when I was 16. The and right move. You did okay. Yeah, yeah. but 
I mean, obviously it worked out for you pretty well. Um, in this country, we just sat down a few days ago with Tommy Milner, Tommy Milner. for the Corvette team. Yeah. And his dad was smart enough to realize he has to get him out of the family team to another program. Yeah. So it doesn't look like it's, you know, only because of who he's related to. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's the same in Brazil, but here like he Wayne probably – Yeah, exactly. So yeah. he probably did you – you almost like in a, in a roundabout way, it does you a favor to not race for Uncle Amir. Because then it might look like, well, he only gets that right against all these heroes because he's the He nephew. was always afraid of that, and my dad yeah. as well. Like, if yeah. I put him in my team, they might think I want to give you a preference. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I don't want to go that route. For sure. Well, yeah. especially those, like, every junior kid and his dad will be like, oh, he's just giving the best stuff to his yeah. kid. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. You yeah. know, yeah. Yeah. definitely going to be that. He's only good even though all these other drivers can yeah. Or more, <laughs> no, more specifically, like, my son is bad. Yeah, right. Because, yeah, because Amir's giving him yeah, that good Because I would have had that Delara chance. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So anyways, as they were being successful, having their own team, doing their own businesses, winning races, winning championships, um, I was just a kid at the time, you know, in school. And um, when, I w- when I turned seven, that's when they took me out on a go-kart right. track for the first time. And was this always, the, like, were you, did you want to be a soccer star at any point, or was it no, always I, driver? I, I was a lot into soccer at the time, and, um, but I've always felt the cu- curiosity to know what's racing like, you know, because I used to go on the weekends and watch their races. But I've, um, you know, that that's how I grew up. You know, I knew I knew the mechanics. I knew I would go in their workshop, and I would knew every everyone in there. But I never saw myself being a race driver one day. Really, I did not. Even at like six or seven years old. No, I did not. Okay. So when I drove the go kart for the first time, yeah. For me, that felt so natural, yeah. and they were like, "Man, he's going too quick. You know, we gotta come. You oh, know, really? We, we okay. gotta yeah, stop yeah, him. Yeah. We yeah. gotta stop him." But for me itself, did for mom me, know? Say again. Did mom know you were testing? Mom did not know. That's why they were telling yeah. you to slow down. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did not know. And then, so as as the test went, you know, I was like, "Yeah, I like that, but I don't know if that's what I want to do. I know, I know that's you know, I enjoyed that day. I enjoy go karting, but I don't know if that's something I want to do." And they just simply said great so keep doing your thing and they never put me any pressure to do it again sure sure yeah yeah, yeah. until i one day i actually missed the feeling of going you know of go-karting again and then i asked my dad you know i want to keep doing that so wow if you want to do that you you're gonna do it seriously because i don't want you going there just for fun if you want to go karting he's the number of your mechanic you call him whenever you want to go and that's how it started yeah so every, uh, I think twice a week I would go there and test, and that's how it, how it became my thing. More yeah, and right, more, right, right, yeah. spending more time, more energy, more dedication into that. But never um, never left school because of that. You know, it was something I always dedicated myself, but having both, both of them on the, on the same balance. Till one day I got with a trophy at home, and then my mom was like, no, you... Oh, so no. did she not, did not know until the trophy? He, she did not know. <laughs> I would just Excellent. call. I would just call my mechanic. I would go. Right. She would. She was, would. Was she there didn't a clear know. conversation from dad or uncle? Like, oh hey, my don't, dad, don't tell mom. Yeah, trouble was on dad. You know, he, he had to sort it out. <laughs> so I was born in, again. I was born in Brasilia. Had a life as a kid, as any other kid would have. Yeah. Had my chance in go karts, and then from one day to the other, I said, "That's what I want to do for the next years." And um, I would then start traveling to different championships across Brazil um, until the age of 15. 
So had a successful go in go-karting, many championships. It's a Brazilian stuff. karting scene all just like direct drive, 100cc. Direct kind of drive. Stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, direct yeah. drive yeah. was what I was, okay. I, was, I was using. And I was, you know, that's what I had at the time. And um, great times, man. A lot of fun. I love karting. Any I names loved, we would I, know? Names that I used to race. Any, yeah, that we would know today from the karting um, event. Yeah. Well, people was there. Okay. People that Ronnie was there. I'm a year older than him, so okay. we would always see each other maybe two years after. Okay, when we so cross. Like you'd be in like in America. I'll be, be junior, like, and then and he'd be like, be, yeah. yeah, okay. But that's when I got to know him. Yeah, very few guys made it, to be honest. So. Say, I'd say now more than ever in my my lifetime, there's less Brazilian kids through the junior open wheel ranks of the U.S. because than the, they used to the, be. Yeah. Well, the U.S. open wheel ranks are not great. <laughs> you know, like the junior ranks used to be like, there was like 15 spare feet. Well, probably because Amir Nasser started going stock car racing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they're like, we'll go that way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. He decided to ruin that. Yeah, he started <laughs> yeah. Brazilian stock cars is now <laughs> Yeah. Up. So, so, what, so like, uh, now a lot of the names that we know would have been out of F3 <laughs> by the time you were six or yeah. seven because it would have been late 90s. Uh, early 2000s, but were, was there any like uh, local hero that you looked up to that you now get to race with? Well, I was into Senna at the time. Okay. Not not that I, not that I've seen Senna racing. Sure, sure. I was curious. I was curious to see what was he like, you know, as right. a person, as a driver. So I went looking at videos, spending times. Sure. Everything that I could, and that that became my hero. But then. there was no like F3 kid that your your uncle supported that you're like, I want to be like that. No, guy. Not really. It was, yeah. I was I was always looking, you know, I bigger I had yeah, looking at the bigger picture. That's when I felt the need of I want to be an F1 driver one day. Right. right. When I saw Senna driving and everything right. that he did to this poor. When you were born '92, I was born in '92. So the height of like post Senna stuff would yeah. have been in your formative years. Yeah. So there you go. So you won a bunch of shit in the in the Brazilian karting scene. Yeah. And um, karting. <laughs> No. Carding shit. <laughs> uh, and so the time has come. You're, you got to move up to cars. F1 is absolutely what you're going to do now. That's that's your goal. And so you, you move to the UK to start in Formula Ford and go from there. How is your English at this point? Well, actually, I did Formula BMW. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when I, when I, when I turned uh, 16, uh, we knew Formula BMW was going on at the time. Yeah. And they had an European and U.S. series. yep. yep. And uh, one guy that helped me out at the time getting a test was Augusto Farfus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, BMW factory yeah, driver. Yeah, beautiful hair. Yeah. Great hair. Yeah. And uh, not the complete so package. <laughs> well, he's not Brazilian. I mean, he's Brazilian, but he's not Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't look like you. So Augusto set me up for a test with this uh, Italian team. Um, and off I went. It was in Mexico City, the test. Because uh, they used to do these world finals of Formula BMW yeah, where they, yeah, yeah. they would Everybody unify all the, all the championships. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I went there, my first ever Formula BMW, Formula BMW test, and I um, went to this Mexico City, Mexico track, whatever. Uh, the Hermanos, Hermanos Rodriguez, Hermanos Rodriguez yeah, yeah. track. First ever time on a Formula BMW, and boom, I broke the record of the track. And um, he said, well... He, he, I remember Augusto was there that day, and he said, you know, that they're pretty impressed with you, the team said. And uh, the next thing was they wanted me to do the European series, not the U.S. series. He said, I feel Felipe has a really good chance. I remember Antonio Ferrari was the owner of the team, and um, he called me up saying, I want to have you in the team. I'll do whatever it takes, but you've got any budget, you know. Is anything that you can... And, 
that's when my family kicked in and said, you know, we only have one third of the budget. We can't do everything. And this is Formula BMW. Formula BMW. So you don't come from a very wealthy background then. No, no, Because I Formula don't. BMW was not a very expensive thing. Yeah. And so oh, they were only willing to pay a third of it. A third of it for one year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. Maybe at that time it was like 300,000 euros sure. per right. season. Or yeah. 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 So when people assume that Brazilian kids that get these F1 rides are all very wealthy. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so we had some, some friends within... Um, they, well, friends that they used to sponsor already my uncle's team, they just, so we, we, we got together with them mm -hmm. and they said, you know, this is a chance if he can make it, if you guys can help. So uh, we then gave Antonio one third of that budget and said, that's what we have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he said, man, I don't think we can do, we can do maybe three, four races and that's right. it. You right. Know? Yeah. right. And it's like everything your family had. Everything like, they had. There is going <laughs> to be everything. another year with the same amount no, no, of money. No, no, no. That's like, all that's they it. had. And yeah, yeah. one off. Yeah. And they were pretty honest to me. You go there, you do whatever you can to make it happen. Yeah. yeah. And well, I knew it was like, they're putting the pressure on me because. <laughs> well, this is, that's a lot of money. Even a one yeah. third of a three. Yeah, yeah it's right, still right. a lot of money. And, and, yeah, and yeah. they were like, you make it happen. You take it serious. And you're what, 15, 16? I was 16 at the time. Yeah. So I flew over to Europe and I found myself a, a very little apartment in, uh, in Novara, which is, I don't know if you guys know, but it's a pretty little town. Um, close to Milan, probably 40 minutes away or so, where the team was based. And uh, all I had was a bicycle. I would go every day to the workshop. I would spend the day with the guys, had lunch with them. That's all I had. And um, I made it happen, you know. I knew I, when I had the opportunity to be in the car, I was going to make things happen. So I ended up winning my first race on the, on the first ever race that we had in Barcelona that day, that in, in that championship in 2009. Um, we always did a, a, a double hat, like a two races every weekend, okay. one Saturday, one Sunday. Yeah, yeah. So um, went to Barcelona, put the car on pole, and ended up winning one of the races. And I remember getting out of the car that day, and I had helmet marker from Red Bull. <laughs> I had... Um, Here's a contract. Yes. Yeah, let me own you. I had Dr. Uh, Mario Tyson. Yeah, from BMW. From BMW. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I had people from Mercedes, and I had Steve Robertson and another uh, French kind of management that came up to me and said, we want to have you. Everyone wants a piece, right? That day changed my life because I, yeah. I knew whatever I did on track that day, they, that it was yeah. enough to show. Well, you're also lucky life. enough that they all came, so you knew you were actually a property. Yeah, if only one person showed up, you might be like, oh, this is oh, my well, only just, option. Yeah, but I'm if gonna two of those names deal, show up. You can leverage. Yes, yeah. yeah. So did you have your Uncle Amir help? Uncle Amir was there. I imagine he would be like, little boys, get in line. And I was like, eh. He's got a cigar for no reason. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's suddenly American. <laughs> he's like, step up, kids. Yeah. So that was it. You know, I ended up, um, so I had a deal with Red Bull that year. They cover all the budget for that season. But, of course, they wanted more. Say, notori <laughs> no notoriously, the Red Bull junior programs, like, they're fantastic to get to oh, yeah. F1. But, but they've burned a lot of drivers. Yeah, too. they're going to burn you to the ground. And also, even when you're in F1, it's going to be a few years before you really see well, anything worthwhile. Maybe you won't ever come back, you know? Right, right, or right. Not. Yeah. <laughs> so you were lucky enough to at least get them to cover your racing expenses. So that's when I... And limit the contract. Yeah well, yeah, well, there were offers from different kind of groups and right. management, managing groups. That's when we felt the decision to go with Steve Robertson because he was the more... Uh, down-to-earth guy and he really said you know I want to give Felipe whatever it takes to give him the right. you know the best opportunity well, to make a driver yeah he knows 
And he's had a very good success rate of yeah. Yeah. his clients. Yeah. But the other thing is, like, Mario Thiessen is BMW. Helmet Marco is Red Bull. And my point is, like, that's yeah. the program. There yeah. is no other option. Steve yeah, Robertson. They're not, not going to find you the best for you. They're going to find you the best for them. For them. Yeah. And Steve with Robertson you. can Interesting. go anywhere. I was set to do a test for BMW. Mm -hmm. I was going to do an F1 test with 16 years old. But then BMW pulled out that year in 2009. Oh, right. That's the end of the yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. done. Yeah. Well, you still ended up at Sauber. Yeah. yeah. Funny enough. <laughs> yeah, but same people. Yeah. I could have had a different route. If, Mar if Mario was there, maybe I could have had a different route. But anyway. And ended up in IMSA. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I think that's pretty much where I started, you know. Um, the, 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 the background of racing from my family. Um, anything that, I, that we did was never given to us. We had to work for it. Yeah, yeah. And um, and so the only sounds like the only money that ever went in was your family putting in that one. That was third. the first time. That was it. And yeah. that was it. Yeah. yeah. I never had to ask anything from my so family. Everything else yeah. was. It was like a dream cover. for for yeah. a kid of 16 years old, right. having that opportunity, and my family was like, "Wow, well, you gotta follow whatever you you Wh wanted to." What was the backup plan? There was no backup plan. I That's just, a very common theme among yeah. successful people. We just we just sport. went for it, you know. Like. Yeah, it's like no, there is this is it. It's got to work. Yeah. So in terms of loyalty from these crew guys, was there any other young Formula BMW punk doing the same thing? I don't think there was. Right. So yeah. that, like the kid that's that hanging you know around is shop, hanging around because to be a he part doesn't of have money and he doesn't yeah. have time, or he has got all the time. You always yeah. work harder for that guy. Yeah. Uh, you know that was that was something I really took serious, and uh, I, I wasn't like, wow, you know, I'm in Europe, uh, you know, we're things that I want to see, I want to I want to yeah. get to know. You're not on vacation. Uh, cities or getting yeah, right. to know places. I you're was like, no, I'm not here for that. I'm and then you're riding with the mechanics, yeah. making it clear that, like, I can't afford this. Yes. Yeah. So they're going to root for you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think that was a pretty, um, that was a good example for my family to see how committed I was to, for, for making that happening as well. And uh, But I have to say, at the same time, I, I'm very... Um, thankful for them to giving me I think they made a shortcut on telling me all the things that could happen you know the political side and had to how to how to get to to, to deal with people different you you also had something that so persons. many people don't have because of your family you knew how one you could fail yes you knew that it was really expensive and yes. that most people need money whereas yeah. like if you grew up in a family that's not racing you're probably pretty naive to everything yeah. you don't necessarily know the reality so yeah. they they had to know what you were looking for when you started, which is something different. So. And, and I say, until today, you know, I know the worth of having a sip of a wine that it probably costs $5 and a sip of a wine that is probably a $50 bottle right. or 100 I don't care. And you're like, I'm not paying for this wine tonight, so <laughs> 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 keep them coming. But um, I, always, I, always, I always know the route that I came from, and I always be very grateful for the people that helped me in the beginning. So we're not... We try not to be, you heard this with the ones you've heard, like we try not to be like a resume show, so, yeah. so we won't like go through your whole cruise. But, but so the Formula BMW thing works out pretty well. Yes. Win the championship. You go to F3, a couple of years in, you, you win a ton of races, you become the champion. Uh, GP2, you won a bunch of, win a bunch of races. Like some of the YouTube clips of you fighting with Palmer uh, yeah. in, in uh, 2014. 2014 yeah. Like, and the racing there was insane between was the good. two of you. It was really, really good. But like, technically, technically, Julian won. But it seemed like it came down to last. It could have been any one of you between uh, the two of you and um, and uh, whoever finished second. You're right. Yeah. So anyway, so that all leads to the Sauber deal. 
we know how that works out. Um, and uh, when here's the one thing I want to know. So your first first race for Sauber F1, um, there was this, and I'd forgotten all about this. Let's start looking up your very very first F1 race. Kind of gets a little bit f-ed up because oh, yeah. of uh, Gato Vandergaard has this whole lawsuit thing. Gato. No. Is that real? True. No. So Monisha, who was the director of the team at the time. Monisha Kaltenberg. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how, but she managed to sign three drivers. <laughs> right. <laughs> your very first race, you finally made your career work. And, and so Monisha Kaltenberg, who runs Sauber, she signed three drivers. Three drivers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you know what's coming. Uh, yeah. So it's so, Gato Vandergaard, you, and Marcus Erickson. Yes. Okay. So Guido's goes and puts an appeal in court saying that he wants to drive the car. Right. Because he has a contract. Because he has a contract. And yeah. he goes into the Australian court and say, I've got to be in that car. Because this is the first race is in Australia. First race is in Australia. Yeah. So as soon as the cars got in Australia, they were already blocked from being, for, for, for being access to the track. Because, because of the court induction. Because of the court induction. Yeah. It now, did all, you know any of this before you got on the plane? Man, I... I remember the day I was boarding the plane, which yeah. was the Sunday before the race. Right. So a week before. Yeah. Because you want to get used to the, you know, to the time yeah, zone yeah, and yeah, everything, yeah. getting to know the place. Right. And so I got a call as soon as I boarded the plane, knowing everything that was going on. Yeah. This is happening. You've got to be at court tomorrow. And you you have, have to be there. Did you even know that, I had no idea. that there was a whole thing with Guido? I had no idea. She just like, explained to me that's what's happening. So and she calls you at least. Yeah. Okay. This is what's happening, and you got to be there. Okay. So I'm there, and I know the court decision goes, he does races, or you got to pay a fine for him. Because by contract, that's what it says. So they, they ended up finding, um, well, I know where they found that money from, but paying Guido the contract out. Okay, so they did. So they did pay Guido. Right. And, um, but... Saying that, we missed FP1. We yeah. missed first, first practice. very first practice session, you had to sit out. Because the cars were not, no, no, not ready. It was illegal. You know? right. the, yeah. the, cars yeah. were, the cars were not even out of the boxes from the, from the, from the traveling. Oh, I know? didn't know that much. Yeah. Because it, was, it would have violated the court order. They were not allowed to be like, unloaded like, in the, at the track. So you didn't even have like, your overalls or anything? Man, I had nothing. You're just standing there. I with, was there in FP1, and I was just looking at the... You know, the TV screens and right. that's it. So the glitz and the glamour of F1 is, is you yeah. standing with a backpack. So that comes to my first race weekend, you know. Yeah. I only go out at FP2 and work out the setup. First time in the car, first time in the track. And they had to literally unbox the whole car. The whole car just came in a from of like an hour. So we did FP2, FP3. And I just qualified, I think, 11th to that race. I don't know. You got <laughs> just that. 11th sure. in F1? Yeah. 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 And made my way through the race. But I, again, man, I remember that day, my Uncle Amir, because you guys like to call him Uncle Amir, right? Wait, what, what do you call him? Uncle Amir, yeah. Oh, all right. Yeah, what yeah. Do you, He's our guy. For? Yeah. He's our We're guy. Fans. We're yeah. going to have okay. We're going to have Amir jacket. Amir <laughs> Nasser racing jacket. Yeah. He doesn't understand how, how calm I was that day, you know, on the day of race day. Comes race day, and I was, like, super chilled. Because I knew, I man, I can't stress out of, I don't have enough track time. I don't know what buttons or switches I have to press. Right, 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 right. You know, but I've, I know how to drive. Yeah. And I'll stick to that. Because how much preseason testing did you get? We got, I think we had four days in Jerez and four days in okay, Barcelona. Okay, so you had gotten some time yeah, in the car. So yeah, that yeah. was basically eight days in the car before heading to Australia. And comes race day, and I was super chilled at the time. 
and I just knew I'm gonna do whatever I've, I've been taught to, you know, like I, what I've learned. And that's that's exactly what happened in the race. You know, um, lights went green, and I just I saw an opportunity there, turn one, and I think it was Kimi and Maldonado at the time. We always tangled within in the middle that's of them. What they right, do. Yeah, right. Yeah. It sounds like a terrible place to be. It yep. was. <laughs> Guy it doesn't was. care, and a guy doesn't care. And I was yeah. like, man, it was like a wheel-to-wheel action and okay we got through it <laughs> <laughs> somehow yeah somehow yeah and guess who was in the ball i can take a guess um, uh not kimi maldonado weird wait what? anyway and uh so the man i just kept digging on the race and yeah. um there was a restart that i took over signs and then now i see myself at seventh place and then went up to six again in the race and then kimi had a puncture later in the race mm -hmm. Ended up finishing fifth on yeah. my first ever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, top five. The highest finishing debut for any Brazilian. Yeah. That was awesome. PK, yeah. Yeah, 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 that, that was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Do you remember the celebration? I do remember, actually. Oh, okay. Well, you didn't go bigger. Well, I, I, I didn't know. <laughs> Let's make up for it. <laughs> Again, go. that was my first time in Australia. I yeah. didn't know. I didn't knew anyone there. Yeah. You know? like, right. It was like, man, I'm in a strange town. I don't know yeah. what to do. But you're. I just went out with my manager, Steve, yeah, and yeah, my yeah. uncle, Amir. But, yeah, yeah. We but, sat down. Right there. So when we're talking about the difference between the IMSA and F1, F1 and yeah. F1 is lonely. Yeah. Fifth, your first ever race on a what was a kind of a weekend with all the politics oh, yeah. and the drama, and there is no hey crew guys, everybody, teammates, we're all going for shots tonight. Yeah. Like it's just you and basically your family yes. and management. Exactly. That's yeah. it. Yeah. yeah that's well, a lonely as soon experience. as I left, when I when I finished the race, I left the car and I, I could see the whole crew. They were like. Everybody was in tears, and they were yeah. super celebrating. That car should not have been fifth. Because <laughs> they haven't scored points in 14. So that was yeah. the first time yeah. they were scoring points yeah. in and a fifth, fifth place. Yeah, yeah and they probably didn't know whose name was going to be on the car yeah. two days before. Yeah. And uh, I was like, man, I had no idea how big that was, Yeah, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And that for sure um, was my first, like, entry card to the series. And, and saying, now you yeah. know you're good enough, too. Yeah. 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 Yeah, you're not there on accident. Yeah. Right. So yeah. it was pretty fun. But at the end of the day, I was with my uncle that I remember. Uh, my manager was there. Yeah. And I had two TV guys, crew, that were filming from Brazil. They Following came along. Like, yeah. yeah. Just, they, they so just it's came. literally Steve, Amir, some camera asshole like some, me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's it. That's it. That yeah. is the F1 that, life. That's how we celebrated the 50th. That's your big party. Is, was this like the next two years basically like this? Uh, I don't think people understand how lonely F1 yeah, is. Yeah, it's yeah. it's tough, you know. Like as you get as you get as you spend more time in the series and you get to know different countries, different places, you get to know local people. Sure. Or maybe yeah. you would bring a friend into a race, and then that's but, who you're gonna hang out on the weekend. Right. You know? yeah. But you're not calling any other. Never, like, never. The mechanics never. are separate from never. the drivers, yeah. and yeah. like I never had anyone within the series saying, "Okay, you come come have a." Come have lunch in my hospitality today. Yeah, yeah that right. never no. happened. Yeah, wow. Because that would be like, oh, who is that guy entering our hospitality? Right. He, because he's, everyone he's there is to steal something else. Yeah, like they, he's not. Or just he's like not dressed he's not like supposed us. to be oh, here. Oh, I yeah. see. Okay, yeah. he's not our team. So why so. is this? Go yeah, this yeah. guy's wearing like a yeah. Banco de Brazil shirt. Not exactly. A, not so a yeah. Ferrari shirt. This yeah. is the yeah. F1 word, you know. Did you have so of the of the 15, 16 F1 drivers, who was the nicest to you? Well, of course, Felipe Massa was there. Sense, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Did he Bolt get mad is, that you were also Felipe? Was he no. like, we're calling you Luis? There's only one. Well, the TV people were going crazy because they never <laughs> figure out Nasser, Massa. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah. That's actually a good point. Yeah. 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 
Botas was nice. Ricardo was always a good good guy. Yeah. Jensen was was great guy as well. Um, but yeah, at the time those those were the ones. Yeah. I, who was a dick? Who was a dick? I think Nico was. I, I don't know. Nico Rosberg at the time he just felt like the really robotic guy. You know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Well, German. That's up. Very yeah, yeah. corporative guy. Yeah. Not that he was being a dick, but he just, just you, you just, could never know if no the person, guy. Yeah. You never knew if the guy was being real or that's his, yeah. his oh, way of. Yeah, I see. I see. Yeah. Right. So it's kind of fake. Yeah, kind of, yeah. kind of yeah, a yeah. fake impression. But Who's yeah. the weirdest F1 driver you've ever met? You're just like, what? I, I can't figure this guy out. I don't know. Like I, don't, I don't even know if I, if I knew them that well. You know, like right, I never got really the chance. Yeah. Well. Like, is Raikkonen actually warm and personable in person? His, his, he talks a lot. That's what people That's say. Really, they yeah. say like he, he knows his role. So the, as, as who the he opportunities is, I had to sit down with Kimi uh, when I had, you know, when Steve was there, yeah. and we would sit down and discuss things. And of course, there was a drink yeah. involved <laughs> with Raikkonen. Weird. And um, but he's, he, he was a pretty, you know, pretty cool guy. And yeah. I think what he does there on front of the TV, I think it's, it's to take away some of that. Yeah, because that's his that's his yeah. brand. Yeah, yeah. that's, his, that's yeah. his thing. But he's a pretty cool guy. You know, he yeah. likes his family. He was. He was just having kids at the time and just talking how nice that was. Yeah. And pretty pretty cool guy. Yeah. yeah the rumors. And he's a racer too, you know. <laughs> he'll be well, a, he'll on a he'll be on a motocross bike. Yeah. Or, well, between yeah. his F1s, like he came out and raced here and trucks yeah. and stuff like that yeah. during the years. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like out of nowhere. Yeah. But like if Lewis Hamilton walks across the street right now, you guys wouldn't have anything to say to each other. I never got the chance to knew to know Lewis that yeah. well, you know. Yeah. That's just what it he is. He was so much on his own. Yeah. yeah. He would put those headphones and be in his corner all the time. Yeah. There's no part of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's, if that's how it is, you know, like, yeah, okay, sure. I won't sure, bother sure. the guy, you know. What's the uh, craziest thing that you didn't think would cause a performance advantage that did? Like I imagine there was, yeah, I imagine there's so many things that are like, we're going to put this one little winglet here and you're like, that's not going to do anything. And then it actually did. Um, well, actually, actually it happened the opposite. One time we had a front new, uh, new front wing that came to, to the, to the Chinese race, yeah. Chinese Grand Prix. And they said, this is going to be <laughs> three tenths, three, four tenths. Yeah. Easy, yeah. easy. This yeah. is, and you look at it, man, this is a copy of a Mercedes front wing. Well, our car, they, it looks different from the front to the yeah. end, you know, yeah, like how, how it's going to match. <laughs> okay. So we, we fit this new front wing and we are like, man, the car is a disaster. You know? <laughs> it's a f***ing disaster. Yeah. Take this yeah. f***ing thing away. Yeah. And uh, that's how F1 is, you know, because sometimes there's a lot of copying. There's a lot of saying, okay, we should do this. We should run the car with brake. Because you know Red Bull yeah. came with that yes. brake yeah. theory and mindset of bringing that to the to the race car, but not not every team can do that. You yeah, know, yeah. it's how much of the car has been project to do that mm -hmm. and design for that thing. It, yeah. it, like it's all a whole package, yeah. not just. And, this, and we yeah. we went that route as well. We said, okay, let's try rake, and then the car was getting worse and worse. We said, <laughs> man, just give me whatever baseline we had in Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that happened in um, in the Russian Grand Prix yeah. in 2015. Yeah. And I ended up six. That was my second best result in F1, sixth place in, yeah. in the Russian Grand Prix. I said, I want to go back to the, I want to go back to the car that I had in the beginning of the year. Yeah. I said, I, I, no matter what are you, you guys telling me, I want to go back. I just want to try. Mm -hmm. Just give me on first practice. I want to try. Yeah. Yeah. Boom. Top ten. <laughs> so, so F1 can almost be a victim of itself, where there's they spend so much time. With everything, it's too much computer working right, and right. too little knowledge of 
actual facts and things right. that can really make the car quicker. So you can get lost because you can you're get putting lost. so many stupid things on there where if you just stuck to the basics. It's too many things at a time. Right. And where you just keep the basics working, yeah. you're going to get a result. Whereas like now the rules with like DPI, they're fixed. You can't really you can't. do too much because of the homologation rules. Yeah. So, yeah. so um, that, that was something in F1 that really was like, man, I just want to go back to my baseline. Just please yeah. give me that. Yeah. And boom. The, the, res, the, you know, the result was there from FP1, and we capped the car as it was. We just did a few tweaks here, tire pressures, uh, tire warmers, and, and those. And that was like months later from Australia. Oh. Yeah, that yeah. was, that yeah. was the end of, almost <laughs> the end of the year. Right? right. So had they just stuck with that kind of baseline, yeah. you probably would have had a better year. Yeah, yeah. But again, that was talking to the Sauber structure that I had right. at the time. But I'm sure this happens across the field. Every, oh, absolutely. You know, it's, How uh, long are these debriefs? Oof, they could take hours, man. Really? They could take hours. Yeah. I, I wish I was Kimi in those days because... Who just didn't give a shit? Who just say, my car was this and that and that, I'm off. Right. You know? But you're the young kid who has to impress. So you but now you got to say, on that r first run, I did this, the car worked that, and then the tire pressure was like this. And How many yeah. times do they ask you the same question, hoping to get the answer they want, not the answer you're giving? Well, we, we, will, do a, we will do a debrief before every session and after every session right. that's twice yeah, right. for right. hour every, yeah. every set so yeah. that's an hour let's say an hour each yes. okay yeah. that's two hours for every free practice two hours yeah <laughs> um it's a lot of talk how long so if it's multiple hours for an f1 debrief how long is an action express debrief sometimes there's none <laughs> <laughs> just to give you the, the contrast yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Uh, interesting f1 etiquette video games so there's an f1 video game yeah. who do you play do you play yourself or do you play somebody else? Uh, well, I played myself when I was in the game in 15 you did. and 16. That's what I, I okay. did, yeah. so, And that's not, if you go to a concert, uh, you don't wear the band that you're going to go see that's, that's considered like bad fashion. So like, but like in an F1 video game, it's okay to play yourself? Do they all play yeah, themselves? Yeah, it's okay to play myself. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just asking. Uh, that's good stuff. End of 16, basically you, you save the team with, with, the, with points money. Manor goes away, Pascal Verline effectively takes over the takes Sauber over, seat takes yeah. over the Sauber seat he was at Manor did you put yourself out of a job by closing down Manor well maybe I did <laughs> no because at, at the time when all that happened and then I gave the people notice that I wasn't going to stay at Sauber yeah Manor was on a, one of the options they came over and yeah. said we, oh, we really? need you okay yeah but and they didn't get the money but never had the money to keep themselves in the game so 2016 Obviously, the, the management of the team was different, so there, there was a favor towards Ericsson. Yes. Um, it seemed like this came to a boil at Monaco. Um, yeah. I, um, it's impossible to pass. He's behind you. And then I'm, I'm running an alternative strategy because I think I started from... I started last because <laughs> my engine blew up in, in, uh, on, pract on uh, qualifying. So the race starts with a damp track. It was wet. I think I started on the wet tires, and, and then I went to Inters first than everybody else. Yeah. yeah. And I started to move right forward. Now, yeah. yeah, right. Boom. Yeah. And that's how I overtake Ericsson, just on pure. Just, you've got the better tires. Yeah, better yeah. tires, yeah. and yeah. I'm, now I'm ahead, and then sure. he's coming by, hotter, you know, warmer tires, and I'm there struggling with my Inters. Right. Yeah. And he's behind you. And, and he's behind me. Faster. And the team was on the radio like, you got to let him go. you got to let him go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I just pretend I never listened to it. 
Nothing. I just said nothing. Oh. For the mo for the moment they start giving me instructions, I just you just magically I just, couldn't I was hear quiet. It. Yeah. 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 And they they knew they they thought I had a, a radio issue because I never said anything, never pressed anything. So you really sold it. Yeah. Yeah. You really made them believe. Yeah. Yeah. Had a boy. And then he basically does he this just dive over it. bomb. It's like because he had so much confidence that the team was on his side. Yeah, he could be right. That and he everything just, he thought he could just dive yeah. and he would just stay. Well, alive. I tell you more, man. Even the tire warmers we had at the time, they were like probably five years old, and you would ha on my car. Yeah, right. You would have tires. Pirelli at the time they would give us 110 degrees maximum allowance for tire temperature on the warmer. Yeah, right, right. But you have them on the maximum, and it would probably go 98. Yeah, right. 102 degrees. Yes. So I never had optimum temperature. Uh -huh. Because and they I were remember, too old and they weren't good And enough. I remember on the Marcus side, they went on and bought, and bought some of the first India tire warmers. And they would have brand new stuff on his car. And yeah. Anyway, that's how we survived. You know, I can't blame, I can't put the blame on Marcus because nah, he's, he's just there driving. He's just there driving. Doing his job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doing his job. Doing his job. And right. he's, yeah. he, you know, as a, as a person, he, we never had anything against yeah. the truck. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. But as, a, as an environment, I knew there was a preference that <laughs> yeah. that's the only way they're going to make and sell Marcus yeah. to F1. To the, yeah, to, yeah, be, right. to the yeah, F1 guy, world. Like, he's this good. And he's we got to admit Filippi, you know. We yeah. got to yeah, be yeah, better than he doesn't beat you, he's not sellable. So that all the shit happened in Monaco. Yeah. And, you know, he almost ran over me and yeah. it was bad. All, yeah. both cars were done and yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't say a word, you know. How, okay. how does that debrief go? Oh, well, I said nothing. I said, guys, I'm, I'm in front. We opt for a different strategy. We got the track position. It's Monaco. Yeah. Like, you, I mean, we were far from whatever other car was in front of us. Yeah. We've talked about racing way too yeah. much. Yeah, okay, let's talk some <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you are a self-proclaimed Star Wars fan. I've got to update that on Wikipedia or something. Like, right. It's not I true. used to be a Star Wars fan then in my younger age. Uh, and okay. as I got older. So you said it one time in an interview. I did. And then it stuck. I probably did. Yeah. yeah. But like, if I put you in a room of Star Wars fans, you couldn't keep up. No, I wouldn't know everything they're yeah, talking right, yeah, asking. Right. Yeah. I, I, okay. I okay, so then what is, what is your top movies? Well, not only movies, but I'll go to hobbies that I've later developed like when i lived in london for many years um for actually six years i started to like to go into the blues bars a lot and sometimes i would go by myself or maybe have a friend with me uh, well i had a girlfriend at the time but uh when i was there by myself i used to go a lot and hear the music live music blues yeah. bars yeah. and, and that's what i did kid and that's what i got so much into it you know yeah. like the eric clapton stuff it, it changed my taste of music yeah. a lot. Yeah. So you like Eric Clapton, Eric Clapton Johnny Cash, BB King, King. I like uh, The Grateful Dead. I like, yeah. uh, so is that your, your number one sort of activity for fun is, is the concert? So then, then I was like, you know what? I'm liking music too much. Yeah. I should try playing a guitar or something. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, next yeah. logical that, thing. That's why we got into it. Yeah. And, okay. then, and then I bought myself an acoustic guitar at the end of 17, I think. And I've been learning since, you know, I've been practicing. I bought myself an electric guitar okay. uh, an, an year ago, and I've been doing classes and stuff. So it's too bad he showed up after the Gibson here. Well, I was gonna <laughs> How good are you? Still a rookie, you know. Could we record your song and make it oh, there your we song? We always put a song at the end of the episode. It's oh, just from like... Do you have anything? I could try sending you guys. Ooh, yeah. yeah. You didn't have to sing. You just play something. Yeah, I'll play something. Oh, Can you sing? That'd be cool. No, I can't sing. Okay. I'll just stay, stick to the guitar. That'd be awesome. Okay, yeah. back to girls. <laughs> are are you the, the guy? Girls? 
Huh? Back to what? The girls. The girls. Ladies. The ladies. ladies. The Are you the guy <laughs> the with golf. the guitar at the party? Oh, boy. If you see a you guitar. You are. <laughs> if you're at are a house party at and there's a car, guitar, do you pick it up and just start are you playing the guy? a little bit? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. are, you the, are you the guitar guy at a party for the girls? That's a yes. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Maybe, okay. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you actually play or do you just kind of carry it around to seem interesting? <laughs> he just like pecks at it. You know, I think it's out of tune. That's the other thing, you know, like the last few years I've been single and I've been enjoying. Being <laughs> yeah, you're single, doing you know? just fine, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, it's. Catch and release. Catch and release, man. Now, I won't, I won't go into many details, but I'm. You why know, not? Been, what do you mean? <laughs> I've, I've been happy, you know, I've been enjoying the life as, it, <laughs> as it's been. If I, so if I look like Felipe Nasser, what's the best city for me? The best city? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, worldwide. Yeah. It's a hard choice, man. I I mean, Brazil always come as a number one for me. But, but that's then, not a city. Well, I, I would take... Um, I'm not talking about... Where do you I'm do the, about your most success. Where do you do the most damage with women? Yeah. Where is your most <laughs> yeah. successful city? Not, yeah. not Mansfield, like, Ohio. City. Tell me it's Mansfield. Where are you successful? <laughs> it's M- Mid-Ohio. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, like boy. If, if I'm going to visit a city and I know you're there, what's the city I know that there's no hope for me? All of them. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that is actually a fair point. No, Plus, would, I'm good. The thing is, there's a lot of good places by the coast in Brazil that I like going. Uh-huh. 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 Either south or north. Because I of all yeah. the catch and release. Yes. Yeah. I love Brazil, but I, I have to, like, if I come to, <laughs> not if I come to U.S., uh, you know, I like being in L.A., um, has a nice vibe, yeah. a lot of great girls there yeah nice bars <laughs> nice <laughs> restaurants it has a great vibe i really yeah. do enjoy that what's your move like it, let's say let's take la for example because you're not in brazil you have it you have the adorable accent it's yeah. not your native language so we go to like the red rocks bar on sunset boulevard yeah. what are you gonna say if you, if to, you a girl? Say it to a lady yeah i don't know man I, I like to keep it simple you know like i don't i don't i don't come up with any I just say hi and I don't pretend, you know, I'm, I'm there for just to know what she, what she, what she is, you know, so what you're she just going to say your name. Hello. Say, Hey, I'm you know, I saw you from the audience, the audience, the other side of the table or whatever. Oh, staring just, at me. Yeah. <laughs> just came, just, I, just, I just came to say hi, you know, and, and it works for you. Okay. Then you go. All right. Who in F1 were you most misrecognized as? Like somebody comes what up to you, you and they, they don't, they think you're Felipe Massa or they think you're Marcus Erickson. Like, who do people mistake you for? What happened the other day here? I think it was Watkins. Oh, here, Watkins. I was going to say, yeah. it probably still yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably yeah. more so. I think they confused me because we have too many Felipes in the series. <laughs> Albuquerque, Derani, yeah. myself, yeah. Yeah. Fraga. Yeah. There's too many Felipes. And yeah. they were like, are you Felipe this? I said, no. Are you an actual NASCAR fan? I or love Or are you NASCAR. just a fan because you work for Action Express? No, I do like NASCAR, yeah. Yeah. Because you since, like a lot of posts about NASCAR. Yeah, since 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 the young age, I used to love watching the NASCAR races already, and playing game, you know, video games from NASCAR and mm-hmm. stuff like this. So it was always a parallel to my racing career that I said, you know, NASCAR is something I always enjoyed watching, yeah. and rooting yeah. for drivers. The series, I got the chance to drive the Gen Seven car. Oh, you did? I did. Okay. Yeah, you drove the one that, like, Action Express built, right? Yeah, that was, like, the mock-up yeah. um, testing car that they made for road tracks only. Yeah, yeah. So I tested that in Daytona uh, August last year, mm-hmm. and that was my first time driving a NASCAR. Uh, Austin Cindric was there as well, so we were both shuffling the car. How much faster were you? Yeah, that's my guy. That's my guy. I mean, between, like, your GM connections, Gary Nelson, is there any hope that... 
I keep telling Gary, man, I want to do the road course. Yeah. yeah. Be, yeah. I keep Everyone pushing there, Gary for that. Not. But again, I, I understand it's like you ain't going to take anything from the shelf and just throw in the show. No. <laughs> yeah. It's not how it works there That's anymore. not how it, it works. So yeah. Yeah. I understand yeah. that. But I, I keep knocking myself on the door saying I want to do it in one day. Yeah. And I would love to do the road tracks, so, you know, yeah. Daytona, Road America, here, Watkins. Uh, that will be that will be fun, yeah. I feel like we've had racers from all over the place that, you know, we could ask who their their rivals were. But like for you, is there anybody in the DPI class that you just cannot stand? Dane Cameron. Really? Huh. Yeah. The guy's an asshole. I mean, you uh, and you would know more than anybody. You're racing against him all the time. I do. Man, I do. It has yeah. to be Dane, number yeah. one. Yeah. Really. Number one on the list. Yeah. Suck it, Cameron. Uh, obviously, you did. You, you you busted your ass to get that IndyCar test last year. Obviously, 2020 ended up being such a weird year. No yeah. IndyCar stuff came together for you. What would it take to get you in an IndyCar? Again, I think it's when I when I look at IndyCar, it a lot reminds me a lot of the um, political side the F1 has as well. Sure. Some of it, sure. You know, a lot of drivers bringing the budget there, right, and, and taking the don't. rides and yeah. stuff. I'm not the kind of guy to go into that adventure anymore. Mm -hmm. If they want to give me a seat and they say, you know, I can do it, yeah. I guarantee you I'm going to put in a good show. I think being one of the best DPI drivers qualifies you to not have to pay for rides. <laughs> so, top five F1 you know, it, it, was, yeah. it was sad to see that Carly, they gave me an opportunity and then the pandemic came and then they had yeah. to take away that second car yeah, because yeah, yeah. they couldn't the keep up all the, the crew and the people working right. at the team. But that was a good story, though. When they invited me to do that test right. at Sebring. Like, it was a process to get there. So I had a call from Trevor on Sunday. and Trevor the test. Carlin. I was in Brazil and, and calling Hale as well, which yep. is the team manager. Uh, so Sunday, Sunday lunchtime, I'm in Brazil with my family, having my barbecue and just, you know, having a good time with my family. I get this call from Colin saying if I could make it to the test on Monday. He was, <laughs> he was sure I was in Florida because oh, right, yeah. that's where yeah. I, I've Makes been raised as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, man, it's, it's going to be hard. I'm in Brazil right now. I don't think I'll make it. <laughs> yeah. you got to find someone else because I ain't going to make it for a 9 a.m. practice yeah, session, right. 8 a.m. Yeah, 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 it's impossible. And then Trevor calls me, and then I'm like, whoa, this is, when the big this is serious. Calls. He said, yeah. if you get in the car tomorrow, I don't care what time, you have a high chance of making the race because yeah. I would need a driver there yeah. for that second car. So next thing I am, <laughs> getting in a plane yeah. at, I don't know, 10, 10 p.m. in the night. Yeah. I just made, just took whatever luggage I had, clothes, yeah. got yeah. into the airport. Yeah. First flight in. Um, and I remember that fly was full. <laughs> yeah, full. I, like, yeah. I was and can you yeah. sleep on planes? I can. I can. Okay. Lucky bastard. <laughs> Economy went all the way to Miami. Yeah. Get down in the Miami airport. Um, first thing I do, I get my car into my, uh, get to my apartment, get my car, and drive to Sebring. Yeah. Overnight. Um, no breakfast. Straight to the track. Yeah. I'll, I get there probably around 11-ish, midday. Yeah. And everybody has already done four hours of testing. <laughs> I, I grab a sandwich from the mechanics. Yeah. Get my helmet done, radio. Okay, we good, we good. Go out. Within a few outings, they say, uh, so I go, you know, how are we doing, guys? I mean, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting up <laughs> yeah. to speed. I'm yeah. feeling the tires and stuff. Let's put in a new tire run. Boom, P1, straight away. Yeah. And they're like, man, 
you're leading the session. Like, is any <laughs> anything else you want in the car or anything we can do? So that again proved, you know, I'm, you know, I, I love IndyCar. I love the series. Yeah. Um, if they give me, if they ever get me a shot, I'm there. I'm ready. Yeah. But I don't want to go more into adventure stuff that I want to, you know, if, if I have to go and find budget to go you're get right, a ride right, right. and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That won't work for me. But if, if there's a clear chance of a team that put it serious an offer there and yeah. I want to put you in IndyCar, then I will consider. Yeah. yeah. What is your uh, belief in uh, flashing the lights? Only when you need to or just... Oh, they've got power, man. <laughs> you, you, so you like anytime. I like, I like the lights. You yeah. like the lights. Well, okay. I think the difference here is is that we generally make fun of the, the lights class, class to class. You can't flash anybody in DPI and they're going to move, right? No. It's slower classes... It's a big deal. It's a big deal. So that that's different. You, you just tell it's you're coming. I don't do yeah. it every time. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes if you're approaching and you know it's gonna be like right on the edge, you just yeah. tell the guy you're there. Yeah. You're, yeah. So you, so like let's say it's the actual proper use of yeah, the lights. Yeah. So like something like Daytona <laughs> where the like you're coming out of out of six and the bus stop is way away, you're basically gonna flash and be like, hey, I'm gonna make a move at the bus stop. Like I'm coming, buddy. Because because yeah. it's gonna be you're gonna catch them pretty. Yeah. Quick. Uh, a, I mean it's. If I know if I'm going to make it, then I'll probably You're tell gonna, the guy I'm doing okay, it. Okay, so yeah. that's your way of saying I'm yeah, going yeah. to go. Yeah. I, I, okay. I honestly think this is the only time we've interviewed somebody that mentioned that the way you're using the lights are actually what they're supposed to right. be for. But not just messing around. Well, yeah. it wouldn't be class to class. Like if you flash Ricky Taylor, he's not going to be like, oh, God, and throw yeah. it off the road. Yeah. So you probably don't even do it. But I tell you, if you're very close to a DPI car and yeah. you flash your lights, man, it can be pretty annoying. It's annoying. So do you do it's it to so be annoying? Huh? Do you do it to be annoying? Oh yeah, if I'm behind. <laughs> well, if, okay, so he does well, use it the wrong way. But, yeah, yeah, but yeah. if only in Still those situations, you know, because yeah. on daylight the guy ain't gonna see anything. Right. Yeah, right. But so if you just wait till it's really bad for the yeah, eyes. Yeah, but if it's Road Atlanta <laughs> or Sebring nighttime, super scary and you places. Flash the lights yeah. and you're right behind someone, man, that's gonna be like. So right. Yeah. So if you're in second, you're behind Ricky. You will. F- with him. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's the most embarrassing thing you listen to? that you like embarrassing yeah something yeah. that you're like i don't want to tell you this if I, yeah if i was gonna get into your phone and look through your music i really like you justin bieber we can. <laughs> we can we can decide for you what you should be embarrassed by Nah, i don't like any of this pop stuff or yeah. uh, i'll send you a few let's is see your spotify is, is there a, you gotta go to your, like his playlist your library there you go all right so jj kale blues and groove deadhead okay at least he's not lying yeah this all looks like normal stuff yeah yeah, yeah. damn it Oh, you have a Road to Daytona playlist. Oh. Road to Daytona. Yeah, yeah. let's see what's, let's on, see what's on the Road to yeah, Daytona yeah, playlist. Yeah. Suzy Q by Credence. F- he's real. It's Raining Men. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's, it's Credence, Rolling Stones. Baby Got Back. Derek and the Dominoes, The Cult, Nirvana, wow. The Firewoman, Cult, good song. Grateful Dead, yeah, Allman yeah. Brothers, ZZ. He's not lying. Midnight Rider's a good song. Some people will say things to be interesting, but they don't really. No, yeah. I, I, I yeah, like yeah. You're the real deal. Yeah. Steely Dan? Steely Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. I don't see Dinner with Racers on here. Yeah, that's um, but yeah. uh, otherwise, okay. Eric Clapton. Yeah. Okay, you're the Traveling real one, man. We passed that one. You passed. Yeah. You passed. All right. Guess you're real. Um, you are you on any of the uh, you on any of the dating apps? No, I just use Instagram basically. In <laughs> 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 hell. It's okay. Like, have you seen me? I just post pictures of me, me and too. they they, they come, come to, to me. me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Never mind. Fishing with dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> Fishing with dynamite. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> 
Scoop All right. Um, so uh, we started the show with a with a pass along question yeah, from yeah. Uh, from Michael Printup. Yeah. We don't know who our next guest is going to be because we got to take a little break with racing and mm-hmm. some video stuff. Real life, yeah. um, but for our next guest, which we don't know who it'll be, if you had a generic question for us to ask them, do you have anything? Maybe ask him what does he see himself in the next ten years or so. Back at you. Where do you see yourself in ten years? You know, on the priority list, I would say I want to tick the boxes at Daytona and Le Mans. Okay. Hopefully in 10 years' time, yeah. I would have good maybe chance. not only have Four one of them, of maybe a few yeah. of those. <laughs> and um, probably have kids by then. Okay, so there will years. be kids. There will be kids, okay. I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I still want to be involved in racing, that's for sure. Yeah. Maybe start something in Brazil as a race team. I want to... You can take keep down the Uncle Amir? Oh, you can take him down. Yeah, I, 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 I want to yeah. keep their history going okay. by, by ruining it. You're going to yeah. try and compete with him? Oh, Sounds no, like I he, can't. You can't beat him. No, I can't. Yeah, no, I can't. No, I got to no. hire him. Yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Wait, is it going to be Felipe, Felipe Nasser presents, presents Uncle, Uncle Amir Racing? <laughs> so you listen to this show, which we didn't know until we reached out to you. Um, the whole point of this show is for fans who don't know you to understand you better. Uh they might know you as a driver, but they don't know you as a person. Right. So when somebody clicks on the Felipe Nasser episode, what's the big takeaway you want them to learn? Well, I feel like um, talking about Felipe as a person as a, as, and as a driver. So I came from a family that did give me an opportunity to feel the, the racing background, but I had to work for it and um, never took anything for granted. And any chance that I had in my career... I did put 100% of myself commitment into it. And that's what I'm here today. Whenever things come a little better or you have a better proposal or a better contract, you know, I, f- I know every step I took from the day one where I used to leave. I remember the guy that used to ride on a bicycle to get into his workshop. And I remember my family saying that day, you know, that's our only shop we have. We don't have enough money for you to make it. So you either try it now, but do it with 100% of your commitment. So that's that's what I would take it from here. Well, I'd say on that note, Continental's got the check. I'm finished. And once again, thank you to Felipe Nasser. Uh, we'd hope to get a recording of him playing some guitar. We might update this episode later with that. But for now, here's I'll Be Fine by Hayes Peebles. <laughs> Sleep.
Tastes all 